Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on ECNZ Wednesday, the 20th of July. Good morning, everyone. Yes, Aroha. She's very, very wet down here. The rivers are flowing bank to bank. Hope you run safe and sound down south. Look after yourselves. The weather, yep. Bloody horrendous at the moment, but stay safe. Uncle Kempe, I'm back home in Christchurch, Ototahi. Good to be home with the whanau, but how you doing, brother? Selwyn, too good, eh? Just travelling around on your private Learjet every day. <laughs> Finally home back down. Now, I'm all good, brother. I'm real good. A little bit chilly again up here this morning, but, um, man, we had some rain. Come, I think it's coming down from the north last mm-hmm. night. It came in, ooh, I reckon about half past five, six o'clock. It was pretty dark here in Auckland early, and, um, yeah, just had a quiet one last night. Did a few bit of, few emails, um, and looking forward to it today, mate. We got, geez, I couldn't stop thinking about our Frank Bunce interview yesterday. Just got my got me mm. thinking, you know, hard, like long and hard about the state of, I guess, sport. Because when you have someone yeah. like that talk about ripping the heart out of the community, mate, I thought mm. it was just rugby league, but it's not. Nah, it's everywhere, mate. It's everywhere. It's, uh, it's a constant struggle. And um, reading the news today, actually, about uh, Twiggy Forest over in Australia. He's the mining magnate from uh, over in South Australia, uh, Western Australia. He's a big funder for the force. Well, he's going to back the standalone competition for uh, Australian rugby. That's what I was reading there. So, um, yeah, some pretty warning um, torrid signs for, for New Zealand rugby. But if that's the case, well, maybe we go back to the old school provincial MPC and get that back flying with a little bit of super rugby on the side. So, now that was a great interview, Kempi, with um, Buncey yesterday. Uh, very, very good interview. Don't worry, boys. I'll be back up later on today. Flying back to Auckland at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you then, uh, Selwyn. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. But anyway, today's show, today's the day. Cam Smith and Sam Pinfold leave, uh, have finally landed back in the States with the Claret Jug. Flying uh, commercial up in the front of the plane and put it up above him. Oh, how good is he? He's an absolute champion, is Cam Smith. Anyway... Pinners will kindly join our show after 7 o'clock. If you want to ask him any questions, let us know on double eight double three. We'll get those to Sam Pinners Pinfold. He's uh, an absolute champion. No doubt he'll have some tips for the lads because he loves having a wee dabble. 
loves having a wee dabble. Anyway, uh, and it's time to talk some Farah Farmer Cup. As the tournament favourites hit the ground running, Auckland Waikato bagging wins, but it was Canterbury's convincing away win over Wellington Pride. That was the talking point. New Blackfern, Chelsea Bremner was an integral part and will join our show this morning. Looking forward to chatting to her. She made her debut not so long ago with her sister, Alana. They placed Australia, so it'll be great to chat to her. Wonderful story. She's made some huge sacrifices as uh, Chelsea. So we'll chat to her. And then after 8 o'clock, Fight for Life taking place tonight with a stacked card. Handling the event, uh, head, headlining the event is Wairangi Korpu and Kevin Mialamu. And this is going to be an absolute cracker. Dean Lonergan, fight promoter, will join our show. And hopefully he doesn't come He's asked me to fight in that many, many a times. Kempi, have you been asked to have a little crack at no, that, mate? Of course. <laughs> Dino, oh, Dino just goes around until he gets someone, mate. He goes, yep, I'm going to go to him, go to him, go to him, mate. And then finally <laughs> someone says, yeah, Dino, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Um, nah, mate, oh. not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Well, I've just got some funny stories about that. You know, some some boys jumping in the ring and not knowing who they were up against, and one of them just got absolutely towed up by by a rugby boy that um, actually boxed with golden gloves. You <laughs> <laughs> just don't know what you get yourself in for, mate. And Dino, you know, I know, I know Dino. I see, I know Dino real well because I played with him in the Kiwi yeah. team. So, uh, good bloke, absolute champion of a bloke. And um, but uh, yeah. No, when he's when he's doing that, I just said to him, "Keep moving on. Go find someone else. You'll get someone." Oh, <laughs> hey, he keeps going. He keeps going. I'm like, mate, I'm no way. I'm getting in that ring to get my head punched in. No way. I know there's many out there would love to, but no, nah, I'm not giving them any chance to get in there. I remember my first time I got offered to fight Billy Slater, and um, oh, that was uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh no, nah, no, nah, he'll just go all day, mate. That mate's that fella's got a big ticker. He might be horrible, but he'll just punch for about. Six rounds straight. Hey, Paul Gallon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, Hicker. Hicker fought Paul Gallon that year. Well, we all know what happened. Hicker went in there jumping and, well, we had to get carried out. Anyway, love my brother Hicker. I went and watched that fight. But that's going to be interesting tonight. Wairangi Kōpū or Kevin Mialamu? Wairangi Kōpū or Kevin Mialamu? I know, I've heard stories about Kevi just being real good. Monty Beatham has talked him up to be an absolute champion. I think it was... um. Leo Malloy, too, that was talking about him uh, into last year about how much of a boxer he is. It's going to be a, that's going to be a good fight because Wairangi Corpus no stout Am I right, Kempi? Yeah, no, not at all. And you know, I'd, I'm not expecting Wairangi to stand there and trade punches. I'm expecting him to just move around the ring for however long he's got to stay in there and just not get hit. Mm. Um, he's mate. He's the fittest. He's the fittest bloke on the planet, Wairangi. He's he's got you know Kevin Mialamu may have been training the house down with Monty for, for months, but he can train for another 10 years. Mm. He ain't going to be as fit as Wairangi Kōpū, and Wairangi will just keep away from him. So I'm not expecting – I'm not expecting stand, standing toe-to-toe with those two. I think Wairangi mm. will probably use his smarts and his coach will be probably telling him, just stay out of reach and keep moving around and, and, and don't get hit. <laughs> it's been there. Yes. Oh, he made – when, when I saw him, Wairangi's name come up, I was like – Man, why why's put his hand up? You know he knows that um, Kevin Mialamu's and Monty's got big plans for him, and got, Monty really rates him. You're dead right, is he? So, mm. but uh, you know, hats off to Wairangi, um, taking the taking the challenge and jumping in the ring. He's good. He, he's another good 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 rooster, Wairangi. He'll um, 
Yeah. But I just think he won't he won't stand there and get hit. Nah, he won't. He won't. It's going to be a great night. I'm going to book that for sure. Thursday, the 21st of July. That is tomorrow night. It's going to take place. Kevin Mialami, Wairangi Kōpū, Carlos Spencer, Paul Fatawera, Liam Messon, James Gavay, Tegan Yorworth. She's uh, my FM host against Honey Hiramia Smiler. And you got Andre Mikulich and Francis Waitai and uh, Jerome Pampaloni. Joshua Chucky Francis and Tammy Davis versus Jay Reeves. So it's a stack card. That's the one it's I want. Actual boxes. That's the one I want to watch. One, look. I want to watch <laughs> my right. mate Tam to fight Jay yeah. Reeve. Like Jay's yeah. not small, mate. Like I'm, you know, I've had, nah. I've had a um, a couple of coffees with Jay and and man, I used to do a show with Tammy. Tammy ain't that big, and I've seen him throw like like t- you know Tam. He's a good actor, but yeah, man, I'm a little bit worried for him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit worried for him. <laughs> yeah, Jay Reeves. Yeah, Jay, he's good. He's a good mate of mine. And Tammy, man, he's cracked up. I watched their video the other day. They took a couple of radio hosts from, from George in there and they smoked them. So, oh, man, it's going to be a great night. Great night. We'll talk to Dean Lonergan later on in the morning to see uh, how's everything's going. He's ready for tomorrow night. And then following that, we're going to chat to King Capisi. King's been on our show before. Music uh, Month. New Zealand Music Month for... Uh, uh, about a month ago, we had King PC on. He's going to come on and talk about his latest event. Uh, he's got bubbling away to help grow the game in Aotearoa. So looking forward to that. Big show today. Like always, we'd love to hear from you on the Kenai Tire phone line. 0800 150 or even better. Give us a text on the 10-foot bed post text machine. Double eight double three. Louis. Just segues right into that beautifully. Morning, mate. How you going, Daggy? How's it, how's it going down there in uh, the O3? It's wet and um, doesn't seem mm. like it's... Uh, is your place flooded? Or are we save that for Country Clueless? No, 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 no. Flat place is good, mate. Good. I've, I've um, made some changes. Got a few little swales going around the paddocks and uh, just, just draining the water nicely. But no, I... Look, there was just so much water. There was just so much water, mate. Like, it was just... Crazy the amounts of water that they that came in, in about twenty four hours and it was just like all through the paddocks. So I was flying in, mate. You could just see flooding all over Canterbury. So uh, I put that drainage system in, and, and over about a day and a half or two days, it, it kind of drained away. Um, but yeah, it does a job. But if there's excessive amounts of, of water, then it's just it just struggles. Yeah, it's, it's good to be home, lads. A little bit worried for like the the Waitaki district and. Um down through mid Canterbury there because those farmers have been absolutely hammered or all, all that farmland oh, ar- around the um yeah the, the rivers down there just keep bursting their bra- uh, banks and and the like, local governments doing what they can but that I just I was watching the news and the kind of the the local um, authorities are just saying we've got to stop talking about it we need help we need funding and we need mm. people we need just to get in here and literally make severe changes to our infrastructure otherwise Unfortunately, we're going to have this keep happening every single year. And then you look up in the Northern Hemisphere. I don't want to go on a climate change tangent, but you look up in the Northern Hemisphere, fires raging through France, 40 degrees in uh, London. And if anyone's been to London, they know the 40 degrees or like a hot London day is different. It just is. And they're not built for it. Their infrastructure is not built for it. Train tracks are buckling. People are dying because they don't usually swim. And they're drowning. Um, it's like... <laughs> It's kind of... Um, even it is crazy. At the peak of each season, we're getting a different reminder of, in each different hemisphere about kind of where we're at. You've got to, you love the planet, and it's um, yeah, it's pretty concerning. 
Yeah, look, the amount of rain lately has been a bit of a bit of a worry. A lot of lot of roads been washed out, and look, mm. well, I reckon we've got third world roads anyway. When you're driving around the country, I do a lot of driving um, up and down the Mutu, you know, between the far north and Taranaki, and when you had a, have a big rain, it washes the roads out. You get potholes everywhere. I had a mate come off his motorbike a, a couple of weeks ago, going around the coast on his Harley on one of those poker runs and came around a bend and, and hit a pothole, mate, and, and lo- he was either going to hit a power pole or go through a fence, and he's fractured his neck, broke, broke three ribs um, and a couple of vertebrae in his back. And, mate, it's just when the weather comes down, it's not, not the rain, it's the residue after the rain, which is the issue. Um, and infrastructure in New Zealand, like, I don't know how, how many times I've said it to friends, you know, a lot of a lot of mates of mine are in infrastructure. We're third world when it comes to the, a lot of countries. You know, I, I don't know why we still put bitumen down on roads. You know, every summer the roads melt. You know, in Australia they concrete their roads, and yet and you think they have a problem with roads melting? Like they're way warmer over there than we are. But you know, these the Fulton Hogans and that make a plenty of money on 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 revolving contracts by just replacing roads all the time by putting bitumen there. It's just one of the one of the issues that we have with this um, weather that Louis's talking about is our infrastructure in the country's terrible. Yeah, it's, it is quite concerning, Louis. Look, I was reading that about the heat wave up in, up in the UK and in France, and, and it's unheard of, mate. And just every year something more happens. Yeah. Something different just keeps going on. Then you get a lot of rain, the rivers... You know, we've never really ex- uh, experienced anything like this, and so it is quite concerning. And um, look, we, we don't want to rip straight into it, but you, you just got to be aware of it eh? and try and limit things. Making twenty-eight flights in a week probably isn't helping. Apparently, plenty of flights got cancelled with the, when, when yeah. those winds got up. So you're lucky to get home. Yeah, well, at least that's very conscious <laughs> of you, Daggy. It's crazy though. Like in, in Hawaii at the moment, they've had, um, I don't know if you've seen the footage of those uh, resorts and, and houses on the uh, waterfront. Like waves have been coming over top of buildings because they've had that massive swell, that code red swell. So oh. it's just like it's every, and you're right, these like one in 100 year weather events are more like, one in two years now, which is just... I know. It's so mm. cooked, but um, that's not really our business. Well, it is our business. It's actually every human's direct business, but on this particular yeah. show, boys, it's not... Um, We're going to take a little bit of a break today from, from the All Blacks chat, I think. I think that's kind of where we might... Oh, might are we? I don't know. Are we? Yeah! <laughs> yes! I haven't, I haven't jacked up a guest to talk about it because I just... Good. Yesterday afternoon, it was just fatiguing and... um. Oh, like the All Blacks media hierarchy didn't necessarily help themselves by going on this bizarre LinkedIn rant and um, <laughs> just just kind of acu- oh, Joe. fighting back and kind of accusing the media of maltreatment to it. Ian Foster, who's a professional coach, who has who who's thought that one up? Like seriously, who thought that one up? Well, that's Joe. That's Joe. She's she's taken it on herself and she wanted to explain it. And um, yeah, but anyway, so because it was a it was just a very strange situation you say. So I don't know. Is he were you prepared to kind of just take a break? No, from no, no. <laughs> Look, yeah, I was just because they're going to name their ta- team shortly. Well, so, uh, I, I don't know if they are. Changes? What? Well, I don't. I don't um, are they? Well, uh, Davey was here last night, and he said I think they name it in the next couple of days. Oh, so. They got. They got to name it. They got to name a squad. So they got to name a squad to go to South Africa. Right. But, yeah, they got to name a squad. Well, they need to name a squad. They have so to. That, for me, yeah, that, for me, it, it's probably you know there's going to be changes uh, somewhere because Scotty Barrett's out. So I'm expecting Cullen Grace to come in. 
Cohen Grace. I'm hoping that he's going to get a, a chance to come in and have an inclusion. Does that mean Ethan DeGroote comes through with Carl Tuinukuafi heading off overseas? Are they going to make that change? So I'm expecting a couple of changes. Sorry, is this Scott, so Scott Barrett, is that a bit of gravy? Well, well, he's got his calf. I'm expecting him Brody to Ritalik. be able to recover, recover from his calf. you got Brody Retallick, so yeah. then a locking partnership to come through. Like, there's a few niggles that were happen for, for the game, so I'm expecting Cullen Grace to to be there or be there somewhere else. I'm only having a guess, that, but I'm just putting two and two. <laughs> I'm, just count, the, I'm, just counting, I'm just counting, Izzy, that was 45 seconds of no all-black talk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Positive talk. Positive talk. <laughs> so positives coming out of this. The selection, they've got to name a team to go to South Africa, whether it's next couple of days or whatever, when they have these meetings. But I'm expecting Cullen Grace to be in there because they need a six. They need a six. Arketa went really well. But I'm hoping Cullen Grace gets an opportunity. Yeah, me too. That would be awesome. Um, I hadn't actually thought about Scott Barrett's calf and what that might do. Brody Retallick, a bit of news overnight, lads. You guys will both be very interested in this one, as will everybody. Having considered all the evidence, the Independent independent Committee applied World Rugby's head contact process and agreed with the match officials' on-field decision that the Players Act of foul play for a breach of Law 9.13 did not meet the red card threshold. Therefore, to the absorb... Due to the absorbing nature of the tackle, on that basis, the independent committee deemed that active play did not merit further sanction, and citing complaint was dismissed. Andrew Porter, play on! <laughs> yeah, look, I've watched that replay a number of times, so what does that say about Tarvel's... Well, he was going to cop a six-week one. Unbelievable. Like, seriously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's just... Yeah, it that. just gets worse. I, do you know what? Like... In a way, it's like what. In a way, I kind of understand what they're saying here, but then does this just completely make irrelevant everything they were saying about concussions and head injuries? And did you say five point thirteen? How many? How many? Nine point thirteen. Nine point thirteen. How many point thirty? Like what does it got to point thirty three? Oh my god! Move on. Uh, what else we got today? Cam Smith. I'm looking forward to chatting to Cam Smith. And oh no, not Cam Smith. Wish we could chat to Cam Smith, but Sam Pinners. Pitters, lads. How good. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, no, Pitters will be good. Um, Cam Smith probably too scared. We're asking about LIV. Sam Pinners is probably too scared. We're going to ask him about LIV. I see we won't. So we, better, we better not. But um, we'll, we'll, I think the writing... Oh. I think the writing... I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, not. I was thinking the same thing. No, oh, way, no, no, no. I think the writing's on the wall. Um, that's all we'll say there. Anyway, 21 and a half minutes past six o'clock this morning. Uh, we're actually one man down today. We're running without kids in the kitchen, so it's Joey and me. So because of that, I can't wait. Question of the Where's Kiz? He's been summoned to drive uh, on the run home. So he's uh, we're just a little bit shuffling here in the middle of winter in the SCNZ stable after our one year birthday yesterday. Uh, 22 minutes past six here with the chemist warehouse. Great savings every day. Can't wait. Question of the day won't be too far away. Can't wait. Question of the day. Who's going to be the next coach of the All Blacks? Kidding, kidding. 27 minutes past <laughs> 6 o'clock this morning. Um, yeah, listen, Izzy and Kim for breakfast, and we're taking a breather because we don't really actually have any more information to give you, so we can't really carry on banging the drum on the All Blacks. Here's one for you, though. Reese Walsh has been pulled to the bench, Kimpy. My can't wait question mm. of the day is around the Warriors. 0800 the Kennard Tire phone line, double eight double three. the Temper Bed Post text machine. Is this the right call? And would you have Reese Walsh riding the pine for the rest of the season considering he's shown he doesn't want to be there? 
are you that desperate to have him on the field to in the hope to get some results this year, or do you want to build and invest in the Dejon Arcees and the guys, the Volkmans that are going to be there for the next year and beyond? Kempi, what do you reckon? Well, I well for me, I'd, you play your best players. If he's part, if he's part of the squad, he's he's in it for me. Whether or not he's he's staying or going, you know, I think I think throwing your toys out of the cop because the guy signed somewhere else. Um, doesn't help you as a coach, you know. You need the best, especially Stace needs the best stock on the park um, because he's he's lacking that in that department. So, yeah, I know I know where everyone's coming from. You know, they they're not happy that he's signed to go and play back in Brisbane. Um, yeah, it's a real it's a real difficult one. Um, but but for me, if if you're if you're in form and you're playing okay, you're taking the biggest attacking weapon out of the team. I'd have I'd still have him in the squad. So. That's uh, that's my thoughts on it. You've got um, Tavita playing at fullback, but he's not going to be there next year either. You know, so they're not saying, "Oh, well, we'll put him on the bench because he's not going to be here next year." Well, Chanel's not going to be here either. So that's a real interesting selection by Stace. I was listening. To, I was reading Stace's comments about it, and he says, "With his fullback role, he needs someone that there's that's consistently good." And and obviously, from the last performance, there was a couple of missed tackles, uh, a huge error after half time, and just probably just lacking in confidence. So I think Reese Walsh should be the one uh, first one to admit that probably didn't have the most uh, clinical performance. I think Kempi, knowing uh, that Harris Tavita's um, gonna gonna finish up next year, he's gonna take a wee break. You feel like that's still part of the equation. Like, I was very impressed with him in that Tigers game. I know we've got Nickel Klodstad coming back um, from the Canberra Raiders and he's going to fill that fullback role, but could we potentially, could is, can you see any change in maybe Harris Davida's thoughts? Can you see him maybe doing a U-turn on it? Yeah, of course I can. Yeah, 100%. Mm. I think, um, you know, making those type of decisions half, you know, halfway through the season when you've still got to get through some football and Sort yeah. of reality hit, you know. Might find the love again. Yeah, and it's like reality hitting you in the pocket too, isn't it? Like, where's he going to get the, the, um, the income to be doing the things that he wants to do? You know, he's going to go back out and mm. reality bites when you've got to go and put some scaffolding up on a building site <laughs> when, you, when you should be training. Um, yeah. This is yeah, now for me. That's well, well, you're a footballer. That's a no-brainer. You choose football over scaffolding any day of the week. So, look, I think they still got a chance of keeping uh, Chanel in the game, and they they should be working really hard on that because he he's a mm. decent kid. He's a decent player. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally totally agree too, mate. I've just yeah. Hopefully, we can get and convince him to maybe stay on, and he adds something to this team. Chanel uh, Harris to be Dejan Arce starts. Once he's a leg neck back, so yeah. Positive signs. And, and for, Sh- for Chanel Harris Tavita, look, when he made that decision, mm-hmm. things were pretty tumultuous. They hadn't come home yet. Uh, there was all of yeah. this carnage going around the club, and I'm not pretending like the club's all of a sudden miraculously <laughs> fixed. But they have a senior coach moving forward who signed a long-term deal. They have some players on long-term deals, and they know exactly what their travel situation is going to be. So you're, I think there would be some scope for him to reconsider maybe if you find some form. Um, I think you're on the right track, boys. But what would you do with Reese Walsh? 0800 150 Warriors fans. Let me know. Would you play him or would you um, would you keep him on the bench, ride the pine for the rest of the year? SENZ, it is 26 minutes away from 7 o'clock this morning. Oh, we've got a big show ahead of us. Sam Pinfold up after 7 o'clock. He, um, they did spend some time in a private jet with Billy Horschel and the Claret Jug. I don't know where they were flying to or from. 
don't know what these high-rolling golfers are up to. They're actually living the life after winning the Open. We'll tune in with him. We'll talk some Farapama Cup as well and plenty more, including some racing here. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Oh, yes. 26 <laughs> away from seven. I'm back. I had a punt over the weekend. I, I was... Owen two, <laughs> that's right. It's a heavy ten today out of Avondale, and I reckon it's got to be more than a heavy ten. It can't be more than a heavy ten on our new track rating system. But Kimpy is right. We got hammered last night. It was heavy for at least three or four hours, and um, like heavy, heavy. Yeah, like all, proper Auckland rain. And uh, I don't actually haven't checked the weather today outside the building, but I can I can't imagine it's going to clear up. So. Gee whiz, there's a bunch of maidens going around today and it's can't, at, um, at Avondale and it will be heavy. Although the track hasn't been raced on in a while, so and it does it is a, actually quite a good heavy track, Avondale, so you will get a, it will get a shot. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to tip anything out right now because I'm going to have a better look through the fields. I don't want to half tip something out. But what I can do for you as far as loveracing.nz goes is yesterday we had some of the real nice ones trial up at the Cambridge Synthetic for the spring ahead. And Tiako Racing in particular, uh, Mark Walker, who's taken over the baton from Jamie Richards, he's come back from Singapore, he got his, a chance to unleash some of his really nice ones and just give them a see with our at coming out of the winter and what their spring targets might be. Now, the, the interesting thing talking to Mark was he made the point that we don't have enough trial tracks at the moment and some of these horses he wouldn't have necessarily wanted to trial up on the, the synthetic because some horses just aren't right for it. They don't like it. Um, it can be a bit bouncy. The kickback can be quite gnarly. It's quite like gra- uh, granity. Like it can actually, some horses just hate it. Mm. They're kind of shy at it, which you can imagine. Um, so he made the point that he's going to send a few more of them to Tarapa at the start of August. But you know, then you're trialling them up on really heavy tracks and that takes the legs out of them sometimes, especially the nicer ones that might not want to be on those deep tracks. But here's a couple that went through and went round that I could just give you my appraisal of and talking to Mark what he made of it. We're going to start on a little bit of a flat note, actually. On Trivier. Hands up if we remember on Trivier. Everyone remembers on Trivier. She was awesome. She she nearly won us and she nearly got us paid in the invitation last year. Oh, and we t- tipped her out. Um, to be honest, she was really disappointing. And Mark didn't really know why. He said there's a bit of a question mark over it. You can go watch the trials at loveracing.nz. You click on, if you go search on Trivia's name, you can click on the trial, the little T emblem, and you'll see her last trial. And you'll see what I mean. She she kind of came, she tried to come around them. Opie, all of a sudden at the top of the straight, actually had to get into her a wee bit to try and get her up on the bit. And she didn't really find it. So they trotted her up back at the um, stables later in the evening, and don't worry, there's, in the afternoon, there's nothing wrong with her as far as they can tell. So she's still going to have another crack, hopefully. She just has to trial again. So she's going to trial again uh, on August the 2nd. And, um, look, if she doesn't trial well there, they might have to turn her out because she just didn't seem like she was that into it. But a lot of this could be down to the synthetic. She hasn't done much racing on the synthetic before, or she's never raced on the synthetic, and some horses don't like it. So it's not all doom and gloom, but, yeah, just a bit of a funny one. I'll tell you who was awesome, though, Imperatrice. So she won the last group one of the season, the uh, Phillies and Mears race there at um, Tarapa, and she has come back after a little spell, and 
she's a three-year-old filly going on to a four-year-old Mia's year. Man, she was machine-like. So go watch Imperatriz trial. Have a look at her on loveracing.nz and you'll see what I mean. When you're watching trials, you want to see the jockeys sitting as still as possible and you want to see the, the horses doing it under their own steam. And we and it, she is the perfect example of that. She was hard up on the bit, just travelling head down in professional mode. So where can we expect to see her next? Ruakaka, the 6th of August. We're going to see a lot of nice ones go up there. On the Bubbles will also be going up there to kick off, and that's just because it's a better track. Dragon Leap will also be heading up there to kick off, I believe. Um, she's on Weather Watch, though. So that'll be three weeks into the Foxbridge, and then she'll probably go to the Tarzino, if the weather is good enough, they're not going to run her on a bottomless track. And in the back of their mind, they could be thinking about the Empire Rose stakes at Flemington later on in spring if things go really well for Imperatry. She was super. Uh, on the Bubbles was really good as well. Amaralina's still away. Didn't want to trial her up on the Cambridge Synthetic. South Obsession had a knee trip in the in the Oaks, so she's in rehabilitation mode. She's taking a bit of time off. Ballon Rouge has got a trial up at early August. Uh, Lord Cosmos, the two-year-old, going on to his three-year-old year, he um, he's going to go up to Ruakaka as well into the three-year-old race. He, he trialed pretty well. And um, other than that, there were some nice trialists, but in particular, Imperatriz, she was the star of the show. So there's my, there's my ramble, boys. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful, Louis. I oh, watched that um that trial in Patriots. Man, blue home. Ooh, exciting. It's like is it, this is about the time of the year where things is start heating up. Remember, it was about a month away. Like just you know, it's, if, if I'm trying to remember last year, now it was about two months after we started. So it's not night now. But it's, yeah, it was about two months after we started the show. Things are starting to heat up, and there's one that's gonna be. Heating up later in the week, am I right, dear Kempi? <laughs> there is, mate, and I hope it rains and rains and rains, <laughs> and it doesn't stop till like September, because we want some of that spring racing as well, mate. So come on, come on, Tafita, let's just have it out there. Let's just have all that rain <laughs> keep coming down. Get a little mate. Get, get, the, <laughs> get a rain dance going. Is it, is it on Saturday, Kempi? Yeah, it is, mate. New Plymouth. New Plymouth has got a big day. Got the Upanaki Cup down there. Uh, We've got Al coming on tomorrow to have a chat. He's got a few in. Um, Yeah, and it's it's always a big weekend. It's always a big weekend for Alan Alan down there, and he's on fire, mate, at the moment. Oh, is he what? I've actually had a look at the um, I've had a look at the field. The noms are out for the Opanaki Cup, and we'll get the odds at about two p.m. this afternoon. So we have to do a little bit of recon before then, Kimpy. Um, but <laughs> it's a decent field. <laughs> the deal, the field's really good. It's gonna be a strong cup. I think I'm going. I'm gonna be there for the good oil in the mower run. We're gonna do a couple of shows from there during the day. So that's gonna be fun. Going to the regions, heading to the track. It's gonna be awesome. Nineteen away from seven. Uh, loveracing.nz. Go watch all those trials yesterday, and just educate yourself on what a good trial looks like compared to a bad one. Two stars. Imperatry isn't on trivia, but two very different trials uh, for Tiaka Racing. 0800 We've got a $50 TAB bonus bet and a chance to get you in the draw with Willem and Travel to go to the Goldie 500. Come on, take on the Quizmaster. Give us a call. And I wrote the quiz, so it's hard. You hear me as 
asking all these questions on your radio. Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. 0800 150 811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Deck, give it a go. It's Quizzy Deck, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Deck, who knows the most? It's Quizzy Deck, we're going to the go go. Morena, phone a friend with Kempi. You know the rules, you know how it works, and you know who's opening up the bat. Anton, good morning. <laughs> Morena, brother. Here we go. Good luck. Question number one Which team is the defending Farah Palmer Cup champion? Oh, oh, oh. Ah, that was super rugby one. Three. Another question, please. Ah, me mihi kite is correct. Well done. Question number two. Who is currently leading the Formula One drivers' standings? Oh, who is currently leading the sorry, Formula One uh, driver's saying, standings. Did you say Hamilton? Sorry? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, no. <laughs> sorry, not Lewis Hamilton. Better luck tomorrow there, Todd, mate. <laughs> Cheers. David from Palmy, morning. Morning. How are you, boys? Morning. Yeah, very well, thank you. Who is currently leading the Formula One driver standings? Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is correct. Question number three. In which Australian state would you find the Morfittville races? Oh, uh, South Australia. Yeah, Palmy South knows. South Australia is correct. Question number four. How many ODIs will Ben Stokes have played once retired? Oh, it's 100 and... Oh, can I get a clue, please? The first part's right. The first part's right. Um, Five, four, <laughs> Rima. three, two, one. Uh, 105. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these clues, Kimpy. <laughs> clues, Kimpy. Come on. Meanwhile, meanwhile. Here we go. Question number five. Name one of the teams beneath the Warriors on the NRL table. Just need one of them. Oh, West Tigers. <laughs> well done, David, mate. You've got, you're going into the draw and you've won yourself a $50 TAB voucher. Well done. Awesome. Thank you so much. No worries, Damon. No worries. And no. P Naughty, and he's a proper petrol head because he's in Palmerston North. So that's how you know. They love it down there. So off to the Gold Coast 500 potentially with Willamette Travel. That draw coming up in the next 
uh, century <laughs> nine minutes away from seven o'clock. We'll work out exactly when we're going to do that in the next wee while. Hey, uh, also, actually, it's school holidays, right? Tim the teacher. 0800 Tim the teacher. Can you give us a call? You just want to have a chat. Give us a call, Tim the teacher, on the Kenard Tire phone line. Call through. 0800 Eight and a half away from seven. We'll be back with some of your messages after this to close out the air. It is coming up to 7am this morning. Robert's text. Happy Neil Armstrong Day, 1969, July 20, moon landing. Well done, Robert. Yeah, you're obviously into your astronomy. Gee whiz, words, letters. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just skim over that. Our um, next guest will correct you. Yeah, he will. He will. We've tracked down Tim the teacher. How are you enjoying your holidays, Tim? Oh, good, thanks, Louis. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Pretty quiet and well behaved. I'm just procrastinating. Meant to be doing. I uh, got up early to do a bit of paperwork, but I've just been listening to you guys, so uh, <laughs> I'll get there. But I can say astronomy at this, Astro- this time of morning. Astronomy. So there we go. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a real issue with ends and M's, and they get that close together, mate. Um, hey, you, you let us know the other day. Um, <laughs> that you and look, we all love our better halves. You know they're very good for us. They keep us <laughs> us men in check. But you, you know, it's, you've got a fundamental issue going on in your household where your partner's nicked to your temper pillow, right? Vanessa has taken my pillow. I had it for one night, and then uh, she said, oh, "I'll have a go at that," and I have not had it back since. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, Tim. and that's quite that's closing well, in on a year ago. <laughs> well, Tim. Well, Tim, I can feel your pain. I can understand, mate. My wife, she steals all the pillows. She steals everything, mate, under the sun. But the team at Temper, Kushla and the team, would like to give you your own pillow, mate. So they're coming through. And you're going to get one for yourself so you can both have one. (laughs) How good. (laughs) You're legends, S-E-N-Z and Temper. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. That is Outstanding, no, loving it. No worries, no, Tim. No, no worries. Awesome. We've got your uh, we've got your details, and um, look, just don't let her take two because that won't be good for her neck. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure that you hang on to this one, mate. There you go, Tim, the teacher, day one listener, and uh, that's that's good to reward him. Kimpi, you you probably need one of those temper pillows as well. Like, oh, mate, you, 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 yeah, like I don't know if a temper pillow would fix up my broken neck. He's holding <laughs> up this melon. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, Kushla, if you're listening, throw us a temper pillow. <laughs> throw us a temper pillow. If you're giving them away, come she's, on, come on in, Kushla. She's, she's always listening, Kushla. She was lovely. Uh, met her the other day and yeah, she her at lunch and uh, had a good old time. But I still haven't got my uh, temper. I'm hopefully going to get it shortly. Uh, Sammy wrote to me and said that they're on their way. So everyone's getting some temper yeah. pillows. It's like Oprah. Yeah. But it's the so good. <laughs> that is so good. Look, honestly, I'm a, I'm a pillow hog too, mate. I put one, you know, under the neck. Yes. I have to have, this is weird. This is weird, but I have to have one in between my knees. Yeah. I have to put one between my knees. I don't know why, but I, I sleep with it between my knees. That's because your <laughs> knees are knackered, mate. That's what happens. Like, you can get rid of it once you get a new knee. <laughs> Oh, that's a weird little fact. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk to Sam Pinfold. He's the caddy of Cab Smith. How good. They've made it back to the UK, uh, US, and uh, it'll be awesome to chat to him. We're going to get into a bit cafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday, the 
5th of July, just after 7 o'clock. We're going to wrap straight into it. We're very, very lucky on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast to have our next guest. We've been wanting to do this interview for a couple of days now, but it turns out when you win the Open in the 150th edition of the historic golfing major, there's a fair bit that goes on post-tournament, including some lengthy celebrations. The Aussie Cam Smith got it done in mind-blown fashion at the old course shooting 30 on the back nine, making five birdies in a row and one more on 18th to clinch his first major tournament victory. The man carrying his bag, friend of the show, Paraparaumu's Beach finest, Sam Pinfold, earth to pinners. How are you, brother? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty good. How are you, lads? Oh, mate, we've, we've been dying to get you on the show and just get a real inkling to what's been going on, mate. Talk us through the last 48. Um, well, obviously, after we finished, I mean, it all happens pretty quickly. You can get straight away a few places. Um, we went, I went with them into a presentation in the RNA clubhouse where they presented to me the flag off the 18th green and we had a beer up there with uh, all the uh, big wigs of the RNA and then we uh, managed to get back to the locker room area and uh, that's when the celebration sort of really uh, really started to kick off and we're just back with the lads and uh, drinking out of the jug and uh, then we uh, proceeded to go to the Old Course Hotel right there next to uh, the 17th hole where Cam was staying for the week and uh, we kicked on there till uh, probably about sort of half past one, two in the morning I think so it was a pretty good session. <laughs> That's, yeah. Hey, Pinners, me and, me and Louie were sitting in here watching the final couple of holes here. Louie was up and down like a yo-yo, his big smile on his face, and we were hoping that he'd get that um, that par in just to, to keep that lead there. But just take us through the last couple of holes, mate. What, what were you feeling? What, what were you guys talking about? Um, we, we keep it pretty casual out there, mate. He's, he's, he's a pretty calm, the customer. He's just, I mean, his... Uh, his mental game and his mind is one of his biggest strengths. He's got so much confidence and belief that, uh, I mean, once we, once I think, once we birded 11, uh, that was sort of my point where I kind of thought that's one we sort of stolen, that most of the field wasn't going to make a three there or make a two there. And then obviously, like, holes like sort of 10, 12, and 14 were playing quite reasonably easy and big birdie opportunities. So I thought we had to probably steal another one. And then when we birdied 13, I think we tied Rory at that point and we sort of walked off the green and sort of staring at each other a bit, just sort of, you know, I said, come on, let's keep going. And then sort of, um, getting the one more in 40 and then it's just it's just a tough finish at St Andrews that 17th hole I mean mm. that's enough to give anyone nightmares and the, the spot we hit it into for two I mean he only missed that second shot by probably about three or four metres left and it kicks down behind that bunker and I mean it was uh, I mean to make four from there was pretty impressive and just did the right thing just hit, putted to 15 feet right and, and managed to hold that one but um, and then 18 you just got to let rip with the driver and get as close as you can and I mean when that putt went up over the hill I'd already seen that Rory had missed. You could see, you know, down back down the fairway that Rory had missed on 17. So when that putt was rolling up over the hill, I was just sort of willing it to get closer and closer. And when it finished up where it did, it sort of kind of started to sink in that, you know, it was pretty much ours, ours for the uh, taking and no one could get us. So it was a pretty nice feeling. Oh, mate, give me goosebumps. What an unreal back nine to be able to shoot 30, five straight and then finish with a birdie, mate. That is mental toughness. But you spoke about it, mental toughness. After round three, you won over. And you spoke about hole 13. You double bogeyed 13. So how was he at the end of that day? And how were you? did you have to do much to really pick him up to going into that final round, knowing that you just probably let a few slip in the round three? Uh, I mean, he played just as well. Bar the 13th hole, which we made a bit of a meal of, uh, made double. Mm. Um, the rest of the round, he played just as good as he played the first two days, but he simply didn't hold a putt. Um, mm. And, I mean, that's just, it's just a big thing. Golf. You're going to be making putts no matter how good you're playing. He didn't, he didn't make one. 
So we went to the putting green um, straight after the round there on the third round, and um, his coach just sort of gave him one little word about just sort of keeping the temp up and the stroking because those length screens are a little bit slower than what we traditionally play, and he was sort of maybe just sort of you know not quite putting the pace on the putts and to hold their line, and then um, we putted for probably 15 minutes after uh, after the round on Saturday, and he was pretty happy with that, and then obviously putted brilliantly again on Sunday. But he actually made a comment to me on about the 16th hole on Saturday, and he says, "Ah, we need to give these boys four shots head start anyway." Right? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So him and that's, that, 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 that's him in a nutshell. Most guys would be down the dump singing they've lost the tournament and, you know, it's, it's gone and, you know, Rory and Victor are running off four in front. And he makes a comment like that. And, I mean, it's just – it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, those yeah, eyes are good. wide open, aren't they? You know, like when you're, when you're looking at him and he's looking around, you're going, man, this guy is so focused. Um, yeah. That focus – I know you guys have got a bit of a team behind you. Just take us through the, the people that are actually behind the scenes helping – um, you guys out when you're out there on the golf course? Um, well, this week we had his coach and his sports psych um, over from Australia. Um, and that was sitting, you know, I mean, he always seems to go better when he's got a bit of a team around because that's not always, I mean, they're obviously always working for him, but not everyone is always present at every tournament. Um, but the coach and the sports psych were here this week and he has a full-time trainer who um, sort of stretches him and massages him and that sort of stuff who's with, him, with us week to week as well. Um, but, the, I mean, the sports psych, he's been involved for probably about two and a half years now, and I mean, I think you can just look at his results for the last two and a half years and just sort of and see the and see the um, correlation there. Um, his ga- his game's been good, you know, for the last couple of years now, but he's just really gone to that next level with the, uh, with the mental side of it and the belief. And I mean, he's he's extremely confident and extremely, but he's in no way is it sort of outwardly. It's just sort of or, or inwardly. He's not cocky or arrogant in any way, but he he knows that he can he can beat the pants off anyone at any given day. So he's, he's a lot of belief, which is huge. Oh, mate, we could see it in, in Joe's when he's out there. But, but for you putters, mate, are you still pinching yourself? Yeah, you're going from putter-putter ubu, and now you're standing there on Old Course St. Andrews and you're, you're pulling up the, the 18th flag, and now you're an Open champion caddy winning caddy, mate. Like, pretty special moment for you. Yeah, it is. It went for you that one for a while. I, was, I thought it was pretty special at the start of the week to be, you know, at, at a British Open in St. Andrews with, you know, one of the best players in the world. So I pinched myself then. Like, you know, it's come a long way to, to get there. But And then once we kicked off and then obviously had that round Friday sort of started you know to believe that we you know we could definitely do this and and pull it off and just I mean we're sort of some of those scenes on 18 when with the presentation and then sort of getting the photos and that sort of stuff around I mean that's just I mean you don't dream of that sort of stuff and uh, yeah it's just pretty and to do it with sort of you know I worked for him for eight years now we've become pretty close mates and just to share with him and the the growth from when he was sort of 20 years old to where he is now it's been pretty special. We've spoken a lot about that, Pinners, of your journey and how you kind of came across Cam, and it's a pretty unconventional way, and it's all very organic, which probably makes it even cooler for you. Um, what about your relationship with them now? Like, I know you guys live close enough to each other. You spend a lot of time with each other, but you're not in each other's pockets all the time. You've spoken about not staying with him during tournaments, but how would you, like, describe your friendship with Cam? Yeah, pretty strong, mate. I mean, we have a fair bit of banter with the old. He, he's a big Broncos fan, and obviously love the Warriors, and obviously All Blacks Australia. I mean, any sporting rivalry, the, the, the sporting's huge. Um, so we, we always <laughs> chat about that. We've just become very close mates. Um, become very close with all his family, and it's just pretty special. And sort of, you know, I think he knows he can he can rely on me to to be there. Where I mean, it'd be surprised at the, the lack of phone calls and communication we actually have during a tournament week because it's just sort of it's just second nature now to knowing when I'm needed, when I'm not needed, and that, and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's become pretty close, very close like that. But, I mean, the celebration side this week, we'll, we'll be having a good time this week. And um, we're actually in a fishing tournament on, on Friday out in this boat. So it should be uh, – I see there'll be a, a fair few beers drunk out there as well. So it should be fun. Beautiful, mate. you got a fishing tournament. What's the plan going forward? What's, what's next? I know 
for you, for the golfers that they finish the open and you're going to obviously have a week off, but you've got to go pretty much straight into the next tournament. So what's next for you guys? Uh, we've got three weeks off and then we're into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So we go Memphis, Delaware and then Atlanta and try and, try and uh, pick up that FedEx Cup at the top of the year. It'd be a pretty nice way to finish it. How many, how many horses Dude. How many horses you got going around this weekend, Pinners? <laughs> well, you got anything uh, for us nah, to back? None this weekend. None this weekend. It's a bit quiet at the moment. It's a bit quiet. We, we, have you got, got one, one for the boys, you? though? We know you study the form quite well. Have you got one for uh, the boys? I actually haven't had a punk since Scrabbrook Day. Um, so I've been, been pretty quiet the last month or so. Um, but sort of just waiting for these spring races to kick off. I've been circling some targets of some race meetings that I can get he to in uh, October, he, November, and he December. So. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's that's <laughs> coming, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just have a little, have a little futures ticket on Imperatriz and the Empire, Empire Rose, mate. That's where she might be hitting. Trialed up like a machine okay. yesterday. Okay, okay. I've actually uh, I've got a horse with um, John O'Benner there. It's just going to be. Uh, turning two there pretty soon and it's going to be named Sawgrass after the win at uh, TBC so oh. we'll see how we go with that <laughs> good excellent stuff mate love to chat to you Finners that was awesome good. thanks for yeah, making time for us finish. mate You've um, it's been awesome to be able to follow the journey and have you in the show a couple of times over the last well while done. so awesome stuff hey no worries guys thanks very much well done Finners mate absolute champion Louis we'd love to get him back home one day and have a little catch I've never, never met Sam, Sam Pinners Sam Pinfold, mate, but uh, sounds like an absolute bloke. Does he come back often? Yeah, yeah, he he um he did actually, and during COVID it was quite hard. So he was, I think I've mentioned before, Kempe, he he was because he wanted to come home, but he had to do the isolation, so he'd actually have to miss tournaments. So what he had, he's got so many good mates on the tour that fill in for him. The caddies, the caddy network on the tour is incredible. Mm. They're all really good pals. They all respect each other. And he was actually getting, um, halving the money of any prize money won, he was still getting it, and that kind of shows the relationship mm. that they all have. Um, but he does come back, especially during summer, summer and spring. He'll be at a racetrack. It won't be hard to find him, and we'll track him down for a beer. Nice. Keepy. Yeah, he's a. He's, he sounds like a really good, good uh, character too. You know, like the, having that relationship with uh, Cam Smith. The way the way that he talks about it, it's really special, mate. So, um, it's, it's so cool. You know, you, you not only get to go and play the game you love on the on the best stage, but get to talk about everything else too, in, a, in and around it. Like the Origin must be a good time for him. You know, when the Broncos play the Warriors, that must be. Yeah. I'm just. I was sitting when he was saying that, thinking, I wonder if you take a back seat, mate, because you don't want to upset. You don't want to upset the gravy train. But does he get? Does he get into him? Do you think? Well, it's it's a pretty good question because it's like the relationship's so organic, and they started working from when he was 20, and now they've won an Open together eight years later. It would kind of be weird. Is if he that young? 20. He was. He's 28 now. But yeah, he he. It would have been quite. It would be quite weird if all of a sudden one day Pinner stopped giving him stick. Yeah, it would yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. okay, why are you treating me different now? You know, like it would probably be like that. I just don't even think they would even come into that. It's almost like a family relationship. They live down the road from each other there in Florida. They're in each other's. Um, you know, they're kind of around each other's families, and I just don't even think it would. It would be a thought process, and it's I, like a, it's a true friendship. It is, and then yeah, yeah. the other part of it I found interesting, um, Izzy as well was. The, the team of a pro athlete in 2022 and what you need to have around you to really succeed, a sports psych, a full-time physio, a caddy that understands you personally, a coach, and, be, and you know performing better when you've got those people around you. You can't even underestimate what investment you need to put in yourself if you want to succeed in 2022 as an athlete, right? Huge, mate, huge. LeBron James invests a million dollars into his body and his team around him every single year. 
You just you just have to make those investments when you want to go to that next level. You just that's the bare minimum. And if I can be completely honest here, I probably did the bare minimum investment into my body, into my well-being during my career. And and if I think now, what if you know you're always thinking about what if maybe you know could have done a, played a few more games or or done things a little bit differently. So you you just have to give yourself the best chance in every situation. And and you saw it in that last nine holes, mate. You shoot six under on the back nine, mate. Wow, that is phenomenal at an open to put the pressure on that part on 18 or that putt on 17 to, to save that par when oh he, he misses it and he puts it on. And he, oh, that is that is ice in his veins. You know, like I've stood over putts when I'm putting on a Wednesday golf crew and you're putting for the win and you you know, you got a foot and a half. Mate, I'm shaking. I'm shaking. But imagine him, the steel, so good. It is. And Kenfi, it must make you think from the area you played into the kind of the technology that they use now and or the kind of the knowledge they have around sports psychology. It's a different world, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Look, and I, I had this conversation a number of years ago and around the investment into individual athletes and especially into rugby, rugby league players, um, where they were getting, where the contracts exploded and they're getting so much money, but they weren't taking a percentage of it and putting it into their own personal growth. Um I still think that needs to happen. Like when you hear, like you just said about, you know, um, Cam Smith and what he's got as far as a support team. Imagine if our our top, if you're earning a million dollars a year, and so let's say five percent of that you're spending on on just personal growth with a with a coach, with a coach, a personal trainer, a, a mental health coach, and all this sort of stuff. How much better player you would be just with that investment? So. Um, I think I think everyone can take a little bit out of this conversation. I think I think it's really cool to hear that those two aren't just doing it by themselves. They've actually got other people there that are really supporting them. So well, well done. I took my hat to them both. You know, the Anzacs getting it done up in uh, up in Scotland. Ah, oh, so cool. And um, the right people as well. And you look, we, I could vouch for him. He's a great guy. And congratulations, everyone, all his mates down there. Um, Paraparo Umu Golf Club on the Carpety Coast as well. Everyone's so proud of Sam and just following on in the footsteps of more successful caddies we've had, Steve Williams, in years gone by. He won there with Tiger at the old course, and um, there you go, Pinner's done it there. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, Frank Bunce made what I thought was probably the comment of the year when saying that the heart of rugby has been ripped out of the community, identifying the lack of grassroots support as a key factor in the demise of the All Blacks. As a kid, like every kid who played rugby, nothing meant more to me than one day dreaming of playing for the All Blacks. Our rugby club was the heart and soul of our small town, and every man and his dog would wander up to the camp reserve to watch the seniors play every Saturday. And when our provincial team played well, that was next level, and your dream of wearing that jersey made you delirious. So fast forward to today. Club rugby is struggling. Kids are screaming for the Irish, and when it's time to choose first 15 over basketball, rugby loses out. Provincial rugby is filled with players who don't come from your hometown, and the All Blacks hardly get time to represent club or province. If you can't see where the heart is ripped out, you're a blind man. So come on, NZR, and invest in club land and the provinces. You've got $300 million. Bring back the dream for a kid to want to represent club, province and aspire to play for the All Blacks. My feeling is that if you don't arrest the situation and get that heart beaten again, rugby unfortunately will follow in league's footsteps who have been on life support for decades. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. 
Yeah, love that, Kempe. It's pretty concerning at the moment um, with what's unfolding. But if I try and look for a positive, and I touched on it earlier on the show, like you think back, people have been screaming out for provincial rugby to get back to where it once was. You know, when our our superstars for New Zealand were playing for their provinces, your country's Monaco were stacked with all black wingers, and you know, your 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 provincial unions were just strong and and strength from going from strength to strength. Look, it'd be interesting to see where when you ended up go from here. The talks are with Australian uh, are going to separate. We've already lost South Africa. We've already lost Argentina. Um, so we're in a situation now where we might be a standalone country, a standalone competition. So Super Rugby franchises, they are still integral part to how New Zealand Rugby operates. But this could be a potential opportunity to really go back to the grassroots, which is our provinces, invest a ton of money back there to the community game, back in the clubs, back in the first 15s, um, to make those genuine pathways to our provinces strong again. Um, so look, it is concerning, but we've got an opportunity now to, to make some change and, and potentially uh, we're heading down that direction with Australia potentially going on standalone competition. So love that, mate. Well done. Yeah, what's what's wrong with a provincial competition? You know what I mean? What's wrong with building mm. within from your, your Taranakis to your Manawatus to your Hawks Bays, you know, Whangarei, the far north, um, having a team to support with it, like the Goings when they played... And like you said, building high school competitions and good mm. uh, aspiring junior competitions where they look at the blue jersey, the bumblebee jersey, you know, the, the black and yellow of Wellington and want to aspire to wear that above anything else and then get into that all-black jersey. You know, I, you know when, when I spoke to Frank yesterday, I just it just rammed at home like, man, it's just not a problem in one sport. It's a problem across the board. Everyone is focusing on one area. And they're leaving grassroots and volunteers and rugby and in, in, in the overball sport, you know, to, to basically do things on their own, and it's just getting too hard. So you know, I hope for rugby's sake. When the the one that got me is when um, they said that there were a bunch of kids screaming for Ireland, a bunch of Kiwi yeah. kids scream that mate, like that would never happen, ever. Yeah. So yeah, if you've got those kids growing up who are going to have kids themselves, where does that leave the future for rugby? One hundred percent. I'll just quickly on that with the the provincial thing. The only problem I see is broadcasters are a huge part of why we're able to, able to do what we do. They invest so much money into it. Whether that can be enough for them, just keeping it local. I know they go offshore and they get a lot of money from offshore. Um, yeah, that, that, that's we're broadcasters around. We're broadcasters around when we used to run those competitions, is he? Like, yeah, here's yes. the problem with broadcasters, you know, and, and, we, and we do need them today because they do give the money out. But at the, at the detriment of the game dying, you're not going to have a game to broadcast, mate. And, and plus, you'll have, a, you'll have a terrible product. Just have a look at rugby league. They don't have a so product in that? New Zealand to, to broadcast. So what is the, the solution here? with the broadcaster and New Zealand rugby? Because I know the NRL do it extremely well and they've got a billion-dollar deal with Fox, but what is the solution? Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting innovative. It's building competitions, mm. other, other type of games. You know, like if you look at the three top mm. um, games for, for the NRL, obviously is the NRL grand final, then the state of origin, then you've got now the indigenous game, and now you've got Tonga knocking on the door for that media rights. You've got to think of other ways to draw... Um, mm. 
because what you're trying to do is draw people in to watch football. Now, I think if you draw provincial unions back into real good football, you draw viewers in. It just sort of makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Food for thought, Kempi, and uh, Izzy, uh, it's a really good point around the Australian situation and watching that percolate. It felt like threats, but when Twiggy Forrest gets involved, he doesn't muck around, yeah. and he's got he's got a proper yeah. war chest of cash to use. So uh, it all kind of ties together. It's not just uh, in isolation. The stuff all links together. Lee is on 0800-150-811, and I just need you to hold there, Lee. Just for a little bit, we'll come back to you and talk some Warriors after the news with Aroha for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. <laughs> ECNZ 28 away from 18. Thank you, Aroha. Wonderful. Now, a bit of news from around the sporting world, boys, before we kick back into the show proper. Uh, Andrew Porter has not been sanctioned any further at all for that head clash on Brody Retallick. So, Brody Retallick's cheekbone is cooked. He's out for probably, you'd assume, this whole tour to South Africa. Scott Barrett's leg, well, we don't really know exactly where that's out, but he might be in danger as well. But Andrew Porter, no more sanction. Now, in the world of cricket, Ben Stokes right now is playing his last ever ODI. Yeah, Ben Stokes has decided he's stepping away to create some longevity in the game. We'll have to talk to Baz about that next time we can track him down. And right now, England are up against it. They're chasing 333 for five. They need 113 runs in 53 balls. But guess who is in? Joe Root, 67 off 64. Of course he is. Uh, Lyndon, we're going to come to you on the state of rugby union around the world. And we've got a good text here from Daniel in Auckland as well. But Lee's waited patiently to talk some Reese Walsh. Morena, Lee, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, Lou. What do you got for us, mate? What do you want to know from Kempi? I uh, just wanted to uh, query something with Kempi. Do you think there's a chance that Reese Walsh will do the August 1st transfer and go somewhere else? Oh, of course. Look, uh, Lee, I think one of the big issues that the NRL have, I've got Matty Johns on the um, Running It Straight show this afternoon. I'm going to ask him a question because he's got his ear to the ground over there in and around how loose these contracts are and how easy it is for players at the beginning of the year, the middle of the year and the end of the year just to walk out of them. And, mate, as long as that happens, the answer to that question is, of course. Of course there's every chance that they'll do that. Mate, there's a chance tomorrow that another Warrior player is going to leave the club. And until the NRL tighten up this this messy NRL situation with the contracts where it actually means nothing if you sign a player for that player to actually um, have some integrity and see out his time, then we're, we're just going to see this happen all the time. And it's just it's going to be more of a talking point than the, than the teams at in some stage, especially when you lose a player of, of, uh, of the calibre of Reese Walsh. I was just thinking with the Storm losing Pappenhausen in the weekend, surely they'd be sniffing around because... Nick Meany's a good player, but I don't think he will help them to a title, you know? No, well, we see, see Melbourne went straight to uh, Brownie at Parramatta, didn't they? So they've gone to Nathan Brown. They've, they've, they've tied him up. He's gone straight there. Hey, good question, Lee. Appreciate your call coming through on 0800 the Kennard Tire phone. Let's bounce along to Lyndon. And Lyndon, you've heard our conversation about the state of union in New Zealand, but what about the world in general, mate? Yeah, I just think at the moment it... Um it really nullifies how small rugby actually is on, on a on a world globe. You know what I mean? It's it's only played by what probably ten countries that are massively competitive in the world of rugby. Whereas you just can't compare it to those other sports. I mean, most kids 
these days, you know, they're on iPads and social medias and so on, and you jump on and you've got, like, the States, for instance, you can go and play an NBA video game, and all of a sudden you think, oh, I'm going to go outside and throw the basketball around. I mean, it's a lot different, you know, growing up. I mean, I'm what, mid-40s growing up, you didn't have that kind of stuff. You'd always be outside throwing the ball around, and rugby was always a big game, and we didn't really have that big global aspect of what else was going on around the planet. So, I mean, you know, rugby does definitely struggle these days. I mean, even here, we're only, what, the numbers are pretty small compared to how many people live in the country. And um, we're, we're up against so many other things that are out there in the world today. I mean, cricket, for instance, is, you know, you flick it on and you've got the IPL and all these other T20 tournaments around the globe, backed by the likes of India and, you know, huge, huge million, millions of populace, or billions, rather. So, I mean, rugby's mm. definitely such a small game, and to keep it really big on the engender or so on, I mean, yeah, it does need to get taken probably to another level as in, media, well not media wise but just to grow the global game, I mean even the simple things like I remember when, you know like the Rugby Joan Loma game is out there as a kid playing that on Playstation, I mean how big was that because they'd be playing it and same thing they think oh let's go outside and throw the ball around or you know what I mean, it's kind of been left a little bit in the ages as to where it probably needs to be in the world today Yeah, I think you're, you're dead on the money there um, Linda mate, because when I was younger, growing up, you watched telly and, and you watched, the, I remember vividly watching the Br- Brisbane Broncos playing in the NRL, playing a grand final, Wendell Saylor running hard, and then, you'd, you know, this is all on free to air because we didn't have Sky or any of those uh, broadcasting channels back in the day. It was all free to air. And then you go watch the All Blacks, 1995. So that was at the forefront of our minds every single day. That was what we saw. Now, with all the access to social media, laptops, computers, your ESPNs, your Sky you know, Sky TV that's got about 600 sports channels so you can watch all these different sports. So there is uh, access to a lot of different sports for these kids, and he's there right. So at the moment, these kids are seeing other opportunities, and it's uh, affecting our game. So rugby's going to be innovative. At the moment, we're following, and we're not uh, we're not innovating, and it's 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 just the same old pattern, isn't it, Louis? It is. Love that call it, from you, Lyndon. It is, and Lyndon, yeah, I completely agree as well. I just want to congratulate you, Lyndon, for coming through, because you've not just looked at what we've got here with the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby situation. Mm. You've put it on it to a global perspective, and everything you say is completely right. Now, Kempi, when we got told that the, the New Zealand rugby were going to be more accessible and that they're going to take risks, they're going to fail mm. fast, we also got, got told that they're a tech company now. And it was actually Sophie, uh, the CEO of uh, Sky TV, that made that uh, comment to Mark Robinson and New Zealand Rugby. Well, you guys are actually a tech company now, and what this investment for Silver Lake is, is it completely changes the game for you. So they have to innovate, and they have to kind of move forward and come up with new ideas, and they're going to have to do that because everything that Lyndon said, for me, is on the money. 100%. 100%, You know, like, that, that getting what they call that key to lock to unlock the door so that they walk out of it. What, what's happened is over the years since when I was a kid to when they introduced AI and the mobile phone technology, they've, they've walked kids back into the lounge and they've locked the door. Now, mm. you, you need to use technology to unlock the door to get them back out onto the greens and the grass to, to get them to play. And I, I remember saying that, you know, like, no matter how you do that, you've got, to, you've got to look at collision, non-collision ways of doing that and bringing kids back into the game. You can't just allow, because one of the biggest problems we've got here is mothers think that collision is a really bad thing for their kids. And fathers too, to be fair. You know, so, and father, yep. So this is the new the, the new people, you know, Izzy, that I'm growing up with, the likes of Louie and that, where they say, and fathers, to be fair as well. You know, I mean, back in my day, my father was never like that. So you've got a totally different bunch of people saying, well, collision is actually a real, real, real problem. 
Now, open your ears up. Like, New Zealand rugby, collision sport, open your ears up. Listen to what parents are saying. So give us a non-collision chance to go out and support, and then we'll decide whether or not we'll introduce them to collision sport. And um, look, part of this is, is the women's game is growing at a rapid rate in New Zealand as well. And the impacts, remember we found out at that same day, Kempe, the impacts in women's game was uh, the concussion, the data they were tracking. The impact is less and the health uh, precautions are less as well because, oh, well, they hadn't necessarily been trained and they might not have had the same training. So at some points they were getting hurt more often. Izzy, I know you got one more point. Uh, I'm going through the situation at the moment with, with myself there, Kempe. Uh, you know, like, the devices, the devices are just so easy. They're just so easy these days. Like, they're everywhere. You can put on the TV, you can watch any channel you want, and it's so easy to distract your kids. But me and my wife, we had a, a little chat last night about it. Like, we need to do less of the, the devices and get out, get our kids outside and, and get them running around, get them getting, you know, their hand-eye coordination going. But at the moment, life is just a little bit easy, and the easy option like they call, easy yeah. for us to... They call you that know, laziness. That, yeah. They call that laziness, mm. mate. You know, like we yeah. weren't lazy, eh? Like we mm. ran everywhere. We did everything. So I just I, I take my hat off to you and Daisy for having that conversation. Nineteen away from eight. So much to think about. Double eight, double three. Come through with um, look. If you're a parent and you're thinking about rugby as an option for your kids, come through and let us know yay or nay and why. Uh, Chelsea Bremner. She's a new Blackfern. She's playing for the Fata Palmer Cup uh, Canterbury yeah, side. She ain't lazy. Gee, she is a workhorse. We'll talk to her after this. 14 away from eight. And let's, um, let's talk some rugby, but a little bit different, Kempi. Yes, the Farrah Palmer Cup is back in action. It didn't take long for the tournament favourites and Blackferns to show their class in round one. Auckland and Waikato both got their competition off to a winning way, as well as Canterbury, who went into the capital and left for the 43-5 to five demolition of the Wellington Pride. Chelsea Bremner. Snagged herself a couple of meat pies. Yep, Izzy loves those for the red and black. And she's with us now, Morena Chelsea. Wow. <laughs> kia ora. Oh, kia ora, Morena, Morena. What's it like, Chelsea, being back with your FPC team? Oh, it's been awesome. It's been really cool getting back with all the girls. And um, we've got some debutantes from the team, so it's awesome seeing some new girls coming through as well. How was the game? You got two meat pies. Kempi loves them as well, but mate, you, you know you must be pretty happy with how you perform. Like you're going to Wellington, they're a quality side, but put on a bit of a clinic. You happy? Yeah, we definitely went there. You know, expecting a big challenge, and they did bring that to us. It was a really physical game. Um, despite the score, it was yeah we couldn't let let our guards down at all. Um, yeah, a few meat pies for me, which was quite unexpected. I think. In my last six years, I've only ever scored maybe one or two. So, yeah, no, it was quite quite exciting for me. <laughs> so are you happy with uh, where your game's at? I know you've, you've made your debut uh, for the Black Ferns uh, against Australia. You, you made that with your sister, Alana. So what, what's the biggest uh, things you've had to take away from being a part of the Black Ferns outfit and taking it back to Farah Palmer? Yeah, so um, I'm... Yeah, very lucky enough to have my debut this year for Black Friends. Um, we've been focusing on some really cool things in the Black Friends environment that some of us girls are wanting to kind of bring back to the to the FPC side. So obviously, um, we're looking to kind of all get fitter, faster, and stronger. So you know, in that black, in our Canterbury team, a lot of the girls are working on that as well. So um, wanting to kind of play a similar fast-paced game. Hey Chelsea, is it a, um, a Wayne Smith? Um action that he's given all you girls in the Black Ferns that you need to be fitter, stronger and faster, so train harder. Um, 
make sure you're ready for that World Cup. Is that is that the focus? Is that you just got to train the house down before you head off? Yeah, pretty much. That's the expectation that everyone's at their at their peak, um, especially yeah, coming World Cup. We've got the L'Oreal Rally Series, so that's kind of a stepping stone for World Cup, but also a chance for us mm. to you know show show what we've got and show our fitness and our strength. Now, this is obviously the new, new, new to you being a part of the Black Ferns. But how have you found Wayne Smith? Um, you got Graham Henry just, you know, bringing a, a, the odd dry joke here or there, or you know, how have you found some of these kind of um, leadership and the way he's coached? He's pretty demanding, I must say. Yeah, it's been amazing. Us, I know that all of us girls have really loved having him on board. Um, he's really keen on us to all express ourselves and just play, play with heart. And I think. That's what we have done those last few games, and um, he he's really strong on building connections, obviously within the players, but also from the you know the coaches down. So I think that's helped us build a relationship really quickly with him, which has been awesome. Hey Chelsea, I've, I've always wanted to sort of understand how you girls all get on, but I see quite a few of the league Kiwi Fern girls playing in the the FBC competition too. Do you do you guys talk much about? the transition to both codes, like some girls in playing both codes? What's that, what's that co- uh, corded all like? Uh, there's not too much of a focus on that down in Canterbury. I know that um, some of the other teams there is that more of that switch. But, um, yeah, in our team, I think there's just one or two leagueies and um, it's expected down in Canterbury that if you're playing Canterbury FBC that it's your sole focus because um, we do – spend a lot of time and although we're not full-time for Canterbury FBC we still have um, like three or four trainings a week and review sessions and things like that. You, you, so you've taken a year off teaching was that a difficult sacrifice you had to make and well done for making that sacrifice and, and that you know that putting that to the side was that was that difficult? Thank you um yeah so midway through last year I decided that obviously World Cup this year I wanted to make make it my focus so um, I was lucky enough to take a year of unpaid leave from my school and um, I ended up with yeah, a full time contract for this year for Blackfern so really lucky to be able to focus on focus on rugby full time it was it was always a battle you know those 5.30am trainings heading to school and then after work heading to training again so yeah very lucky to be able to focus on rugby this year Hey Chelsea, well done on your uh, on your debut this year, and and all the best for the FBC for the remainder of the year. I just got one question before we let you go. What's your nickname for Smithy and and Ted? What do you, what do you girls call them? Um, no, we've just got Smithy and Ted. We haven't really developed any new nicknames for them that I know of. Yet. <laughs> well, you better get cracking before the World Cup because they need one. Yeah, call Smithy Einstein. I'm sure. I'm call sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us on the uh, Izzy and Kempe uh, for breakfast this morning. Go well, and we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you very much. See you later. Chelsea, Chelsea Bremner, the class, uh, classic A. You know, I always think about, you know, when you get people in the, into a team, you, they always, everyone gives everyone else a nickname. Well, I've, got a, I've got some beauties. I'll hopefully get Ridgie in next week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you his one on live on air. Yeah, well, Daggy's had Dagger, Daggy, everything under the sun. Everyone that comes in on here tries to throw him under the bridge, uh, under the bus. So it always happens. There's some wonderful texts, though, uh, stacking up here on the, the state of rugby and especially with the next generation. So we've got to get to those after this. Eight away from eight, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ.
Uh, you're on fire at the Tempest Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three, coming up to 8am. The rules are killing rugby. Our kids under 11s are too scared to put hits in or fends on other kids in case they get told off. Uh, sorry, Tulsa, up Clifton. There you go. That's from unnamed text. New Zealand rugby need to understand that they can't keep relying on schools to do their job for them for laziness. They've had an easy ride through the school system. Now kids have so much more choice. Why would I choose rugby? They don't have any club connections at the end of the four, seventh form or the majority of players stop playing. Get first 15s out of school and move it into the clubs. That's Daniel and Auckland, lads. That's what you used to do. You used to, you know, play first 15 and just wish you were good enough to make the senior team. And Tulsa, talking about Clifton there in the grand final against Old Boys this week down in New Plymouth. Um... Mate, I, look, I couldn't wait to wear the blue jersey. That's where I thought I was headed. You know, not just playing rugby league, but I thought I was coming out of first 15 and then going up to play with the seniors because that's where all the best rugby players. In my, in my day, Colin Cooper was a legend. Yeah. I mean, a legend, you know. So, yeah, bring that back. That's a great text. Izzy, how's this from Patty? Morena lads, I'm sitting here cuddling my week old daughter and I can't wait to introduce her to Code. With so many amazing girls playing rugby now, I think there's a viable career option and the camaraderie she will form is not a, not, not to be able to be re- recreated anything else, anywhere else. There's something special about footy. Cheers, Patty. That is beautiful, mate. He's dead on the money because the women's game is flying at the moment. We know the numbers entering the, our game at a younger level are just going through the roof so and you can you can understand why the New Zealand Sevens women's team they're just killing it on the world circuit the world stage they're currently at the Commonwealth Games hopefully hopefully going for another gold medal and then you got the Black Ferns now if they can potentially go to the end of the year and win the World Cup with Wayne Smith at the helm man that's only got to encourage more so great text message there um, there's another one here boys that I was just going to read about Andrew Porter's situation exactly what's wrong with, with the game he's dead right too many rules too many things putting people off uh, the game of rugby. You know, we'll keep reading those messages after 8 o'clock. We're going to catch up with Dean Lonergan because Fight for Life is tomorrow night. Kevin Mialamu headlining up against Wairangi Korpu. Big hour ahead. King Kapisi later on in the hour. Going to go get him at Cafe Coffee now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Then we are expecting to see also major impacts on agriculture. A teenage student's been found dead at her university hostel on the first day of the new university semester. Emergency services were called to Lincoln University's halls of residence Monday night. According to staff, she was found dead. Police were unable to comment on how long she may have been deceased. And the toxic chemical methanol's been identified as a possible cause of the deaths of 21 teenagers at a bar in the South African city of East London last month. Methanol was found in their bodies, and investigations continue to determine whether the levels were enough to have killed them. SENZ Radio.NZ Sport next. Izzy and Kempe powered by Kubota and its range of construction, agriculture and implement machinery. Catch the best of live racing. Download the TAB app today. The Phoenix have confirmed the signing of Football Ferns' Paige Satchel for the upcoming A-League women's season, luring her back to New Zealand. And Dane Cleaver made a winning debut with the Black Caps, catching two wickets with Espano in the crowd to watch the T20 win over Ireland on AM. Yeah, no, it was pretty surreal, really. Um, it was a pretty special day yesterday and, you know, standing up there, um, singing the national anthem and, um, you know, getting a good win first game. So it was, uh, couldn't have asked much more. More inside 30 on SCNZ. All the big moments from the world of sport. SCNZ Radio.NZ. Fox Lubricants. 
German technology that pays back. Periods of rain heavy at times with possible thunderstorms for the north of the North Island. For the rest of the North Island, some showers and cloud. Taking a look at the South Island, generally cloudy with patchy drizzle and rain. SENZ's dedicated NRL and Warriors shows back today from 3pm. Join Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt for Running It Straight on SENZ. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Big Price Freeze Sale and find 20% off the Hot Hands range. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. We've got a big hour coming up. We're going to talk to Dean Lonergan shortly. We're going to talk to King Kapisi. He's doing some great things in the community for basketball. But a few messages here. I'm based in Centro Otago, and there are so many different options for kids now. Individual sports that are social, mountain biking, snowboarding, skiing, rock climbing. The kids can progress at their own level, and the sport is so accessible to watch on YouTube, Red Bull TV, Instagram, etc., etc. That is from James. And that was pretty much alluding to what I spoke about earlier the just devices and the access to all different things we're online gaming even online gaming's flying at the moment it's just crazy the amount of options out there uh, another message here i'm from naki and hell yeah for rugby my kids my boy had his first run at two because he wanted to it's noticeable that the city clubs are soft compared to country clubs like Patea, coastal and kapunga uh though as their parents expect no blowing out of rucks Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting one there, Kempe. Hey, that's a bang on the nose for the city city clubs. Oh, I used to, go to, used to go down the party, mate. They used to take all the sheep and the cows off the paddock. Yeah, no choice but to run around in it. Yeah, mix it. Yeah, mate, those country boys down there, they're tough. Who would send their, who would send their kid to Christchurch Club? <laughs> come, come out. Come out, boys. I'll be going to the country club. Well, someone that's banged a few noses in his time is our next guest, Kempe. You want to do the intro? Yeah, of course. It's a uh, good bloke, too. It's time for our uh, cafe coffee catch-up with the architect behind the long-awaited return of one of the most, I reckon, iconic and unique events of the sporting calendar. Yes, tomorrow, the great Kevin Mialamu will f- make his official debut in the ring against Wairangi Korpu at the charity boxing event Fight for Life. With a stacked undercard that features Liam Messam and James Gavitt, I'm, I'm sure promoted Dean Lonergan will be buzzing for a night that has been a long time in the making. He'd want to see knockouts, Dino. He's with us now. He's joining us online. Morning, Dino. How are you, brother? I'm well, brother. What I'm wondering is why haven't I got you in the ring over all these years, Kempe? We've probably run about 10 of these. Did I ever ask you? <laughs> You've asked me in every one, mate. You just haven't seen me this time. <laughs> me, and Izzy, me, and, me and Izzy, we opened with that, Dino, about how many times you've asked us both. You, I thought you had, I thought you had Izzy, mate, would, um, up against Billy Slater that year that you asked him. Mate. I'm not fighting, no way. He, he reckons I, he can take on Billy Slater. This? I was chasing your producers for, for your phone number, Izzy, and uh, <laughs> mate, they wouldn't give it to me because, you know, I can't be persuasive, but, it, but it's fair to say you are a pretty man. And we can't go messing up those good looks. And, and, and even Kempi, to be fair, for a lead here, he's, mate, he is pretty tough when he plays. He's a fine-looking gentleman, and I can understand the need not to mess up the, you know, the pretty looks. Oh, nice, Wait. mate. 
Louis, Louis messaged me. He's like, oh, Dean wants your number. I said, don't give it to him, bro, please. No, I just can't do it. <laughs> and then, and then the Monty, problem. Monty wrote to me. Monty wrote to me. He said, do you want to do, would you fight? And I said, bro, hell no. Go away. <laughs> That's the problem, man. When, I, when we go on the prowls and phone numbers, everybody knows what it's for now, you know. So uh, it's harder to get them. Mate, you must be excited um, with it, Dino. Getting it back on the card, you've got some. You've got a really good card of fighters going on. How, how has it been setting it all up again, mate? It's um, it was actually. Would you believe this? It was my son's idea to do it. We were going through COVID last year, and uh, we didn't have any events going in Australia. So and we came home uh, in a break and play. You know, we could get home, and he said, "Why don't we do fight for life?" So we we, we started to set it up. We had it scheduled for December last year. Then we rescheduled when COVID hit again. I think for March, and now we're only what two or tomorrow night it is. So uh, really looking forward to it. And mate, one of the fights I'm really looking forward to seeing is Carlos Spencer. You know, I'm looking back at some of the photographs of Carlos in the day, and my goodness gracious me, he is one muscled up unit. And uh, he's and when you really think about it, is he before your day? This was rugby's first sex symbol. Because back when Carlos was playing, men were men, and they didn't uh, they didn't do things like toppy pop ads. But he was the first one to cross over, and mate, uh, you know, he's become a bit of a rock star. And of course, Carlos not just pretty, but also tough. So it's fair to say, with oh, loss, yeah. we get uh, we get the boys who like you know talent and tougher. We get the girls who like a fine looking specimen who just you know in great shape. Oh mate, he's unlike myself. He's he hasn't blown out one bit. He's still ripped as anything. He ain't, he ain't dowsing into the into the into the toffee pops. I say that, mate. Um, no, on the other side of it, you know, it is a great cause that you do it for. Fight for life. I was lucky enough. I was watching Sky Sport the other day, and you were actually fighting in that, mate, when you were talking to Buck Anderson before the fight, telling him you're going to knock his head in, mate. But honestly, you've been doing it for a very long time. The fight for life, obviously, suicide awareness. It's um it's huge in New Zealand at the moment, particularly with our teenagers. So, have, are you happy with what you've been able to do f- to just raise awareness for for the suicide and the struggles that you know people feel these days? Well, not just a, just awareness, but also we raise a bit of money as mm. well. You know, and we do it for Mike King's yeah. I Am Hope. And, mate, Mike King, Mike King, and Martin Devlin. I remember we're at my very first sort of charity fight night where we did it at the Mandalay with a good mate of mine called Peter Spear. We got all the rugby guys and all the league guys, and we didn't. There was no TV on or nothing, and um, and they were in the corner back then. So the other sort of 20, 25 years later, be able to do this for Mike, and I've told Mike that for as long yeah. as we do this going forward, mate, you can be the recipient charity and what have you, um, mate. It's mm. just, just he's just done an amazing job in, in the awareness and and, and really uh, assisting young people with their mental health by setting up, you know, literally thousands of counsellors across the country that they, uh, they fund young people to go and see them and then raise an awareness you know, for young people to be able to talk about their thoughts and their feelings and the negativity that they sometimes go through. And it's fair to say even us older fellas can, uh, can listen to that sometimes, I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, well done too, Dino, for aligning with, um, with uh, Mike King's charity. That's a, an awesome co-popper to follow. Hey, I've got a question for you, mate. How come, the, how come horse isn't fighting? That's, that's my I would fir- love to have the horse. He's about. He's older than me, Kempe. He's 58 years of age. And, and while I know he would love to do it, it's fair to say that he's in Greece at the moment, sailing with a good mate of his around the Greek Isles. And uh, I couldn't persuade him. But yeah, there is a cutoff age. I remember Mark Broadhurst ringing me probably 10 years ago and brought his gruff voice. He said, you've got to get me in that fight for life. <laughs> Brody, you're about 60 years of age, bro. There are cutoff points as to what we could do. Well, that's me out. That's me out. Hey, but I can tell you one one person who you who I'm also was looking forward to uh, fighting was Stephen MacGyver, mate. How come you couldn't get him back in the ring? 
Mate, again, we uh, Stephen had about three fights with us. The first one was a guy called George Colzar. Now, George, at that time, MacGyver's getting all cocky, wants to call out Laurie Daly, right? But George Colzar was the soccer... He came from soccer in Australia. And George Colzar was the Vinnie Jones of Australian soccer. He came over here and destroyed Steve. Then I think Steve got the ring with Clint Brown, and Clint Brown thought he was George Foreman and just battered poor old Steve. And we... The last time Steve fought was against um, oh, a really skinny guy. Um, I can't remember his name. But if we, we searched throughout the annals of New Zealand sport and New Zealand bloody... Uh, Steve Kilgallen. New Zealand sport, New Zealand journalism to try and find someone as skinny and as small as we could find. And the best he could do was come up with a draw. But on that night, he got a mighty cheer because the guy that kept getting in there and kept having a crack. So I take my hat off to Stevie. And, of course, he's doing a lot of our um, MC work. For weigh-ins and what have you, so he's he's a bit of humour, the old Stevie MacGyver. Oh, beautiful, beautiful Dino. Hey, what about the main event, mate? The, probably the most anticipated fight of the night. Why don't you call for? There's been a lot of chat about Kevin Mialamu. What what are we expecting there? Well, Monty's been trying to get Kevin in the ring for quite some time. Monty Beetham, for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, there's not too many Montys in the country. He's, he's famous enough that he can go by a single name, and uh, he's been training <laughs> Kevin now for a year and a half. So. Uh, Mate, he, he gave me a text quite a while ago, and, mate, one thing leads to another. But I'll tell you, there's two fights you absolutely want to see, right? One is mm. um, Andre Mikhailovich versus Francis Wideye. Mikhailovich is a yep. signing, a professional signing that I've got, and he is nothing yep. short of stunning. He's number 13 in the world at the moment, a couple of organisations. I think he's good enough to go all the way and fight for a world title. And the other one is Jerome Pampelone um, is fighting Joshua Francis. Now, Jerome Pampelone is a big chance if you can win this fight. That two weeks ago, I've had a fight night with a, a, a guy called Jaya Bataya. Jaya Bataya is a cruiserweight out of Australia, and he won the world title at cruiserweight for the IBF. And one of the bravest things I've ever seen in my life, in round two, he was fighting the number one cruiserweight in the world called Maris Breedis. In round two, Breedis breaks Jai's jaw on one side of his face. In round 10, he breaks his jaw on the second side of his face, and Jai's having to finish the fight with his jaw just flopping around. And, mate, he, he came out to win the world title. Now, if if Jerome Pampelone can get over Joshua Francis, I'm seriously going to consider putting him in, in the first title defence in December for a world title. Uh, probably he might even be here in, in New Zealand, maybe in Australia. So, mate, there's some big stuff on the line here, and that's one of the advantages of promoting guys on both sides of the Tasman. We've got absolute world-class talent. And uh, literally the best uh, cruiserweight in the world right now, and mate Jerome Pamplone might get a chance to, uh, to, you know, have a crack at his title. Hey Dino, look, I know you've got, I've got, you've got some good boxers, Hooney and um, and Cohen. I read, the, I didn't see the fight, but I read about that kid and how tough he was fighting with that with that broken jaw. Um, but mate, over the years, what's been the highlight for you uh, through this yellow ribbon? Like you've you've had so many of them, but what what's been your highlight? What have what have you liked most about it? Um, just, just the fact that these guys, these people come on board, you know, um, like guys like everyone from Wairangi to, to Carlos to, to Kevin Mialamu, um, you know, who, they come on board and they put themselves into a really uncomfortable situation. Training for boxing is one thing, um, where, you know, and, and I've got to tell you, it is the hardest training you can do of anything in the world. There is nothing harder than training for boxing to try and actually get them to do a fight. And to actually put their reputations on the line, their reputations at risk, they get in the ring, which if you guys, and I know you haven't done it, but it's one of the scariest situations you can be in because the person across the ring from you wants to hurt you. 
Um, and punching people is a lot of fun so long as you're not getting punched back. And, of course, I've done it a few times and, mate, it's a very scary situation. But when you make your debut, and I can put Mel Meninga in this thing. Mel Meninga fought a couple of times in Fight for Life, once here and once in Australia. And he said, I can play in front of 30, 40, 50,000 people in rugby league. It's something I've trained for all my life. You know, you start as a young fellow, and there's 100 people there, and then you get up and up to state of origin, and there's 50,000 there. But when you do it in a boxing situation, the environment's totally foreign to you. It's unbelievably intense internally what goes on in your head. And when you go out, you're on national TV, the media's around, there's anything from, you know, two to 5,000 people in the crowd cheering for you every time, cheering for you to get knocked out or you to knock someone else out. It's very much a foreign position to be in. And I can promise you, no matter what they say, they all enjoy it afterwards. But going through the experience when you get in that rig is scary as all hell. And, uh, and mate, people keep fronting up and doing it. And I'm eternally grateful for that, you know, that they do do it. And they, obviously they, they turn around, they talk about their experiences, they talk about the, you know, some of the challenges that they have, and, mate, and they're raising money for charity. They, I'll be straight up, they get paid along the way, but so they should because, mate, this is incredibly difficult and uh, it's a hard mm. thing to do and it's a big commitment. As you boys well know, because you keep avoiding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I was happy enough running away from Mel on the football field, Dino. There's no way in the world I'm jumping in a ring with him. He can box. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's... He, he, could, he could really fight. He, he, yeah, he was incredible, Big Mel. And we, we've yeah. had some great stories like Mark Bourneville, you know, the horse along the way was a big surprise package when we first started, becoming a bit, a bit of a staple. The great Ingatua Gamala, the late great Ingatua Gamala, was, you know, he jumped in there a few times and was good at it. And, uh, yeah, just the, just the stories. I've got some mates of mine who have been involved in this thing behind the scenes for a long time. And Fight for Life has had a whole lot of uh, plays uh, over the last five, six, seven nights on Sky TV. Yeah. And uh, the stories yep. that come out, the, you know, the jogging of the memories and stuff like that, because we're all getting older now. And of course, we've all been slapped in the head a bit. The brain cells aren't as good as they once were. <laughs> so it's fair to say it's been, uh, it's been a nice little trip down, a bit of nostalgia over the last week, to be honest. Oh, good Dino, to... Dino can swing. Dino can swing for the rafters, eh, mate? I've seen you swinging that buck's oh. head. <laughs> oh, I've got to tell you, buck shelf, but not only buck shelf, but but also um, Buck Anderson, what a thoroughly nice bloke. And because back in those days, mate, here's the thing is he back then, right? It was like, and this was the sort of sentiment that went down. Rugby league was always seen as second tier to rugby union when we first started doing this. And I had a good, a good guy in rugby league and you'd know him well, Kempe, John Ackland. He said, Dino, this rugby league, rugby union boxing thing is a good idea, but don't you effing lose. <laughs> so, go out and prove we were tougher than the rugby boys because all we had jammed in our throats for 30, 40, or 50 years is, you know, rugby union was the dominant thing. Of course, it's not like that nowadays. It's sort of more just get out and test yourself. So, yeah, it was all fun and games back then, I can tell you. Good work, Dino. Hey, <laughs> hey thanks for uh, joining us on the Izzy and Kimmy for breakfast, mate. Just leave the VIP t- tickets up there at your favourite cafe in Ponsonby and I'll go in there and pick them up and come and watch, watch tomorrow <laughs> night because that's the only way you'll get me to it, mate, as a spectator. Nice to talk, Dino. There you go, brother. You can always, <laughs> hey, just quickly, guys, it's on Sky Arena pay-per-view. Hook into, uh, I think it's yep. sky.co.nz. Uh, arena and uh, and jump on and, and watch the boys tomorrow night and the girls of course Tegan Yowis and Honey here am I smiling now here's I'm sorry I'm sorry to carry on what a talented woman no, she is it. plays mm. rugby league for New Zealand plays rugby union for New Zealand just been elected to the board of the New Zealand rugby league I believe and there's probably one or two other sports in there as well I think Tegan Yowis got her uh, even the Honey. <laughs> She's going to be, uh, she's, mate, Tegan Yowis might be in a spot of bother because, honey, here am I smiling. She's a talent. 
Nice, Dino. Nice, Dino. You can still talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles. I like that about you. We'll talk soon, mate. Catch up for a coffee. All right, guys. See you later. See, Bye-bye. See you, Dino. Dean Lonigan. I was gonna, I, mate. If we had time, and he and he and he wasn't caught talking so much, I was gonna ask him about that night in Melbourne, mate, where he got knocked out and came back on and and played the majority of the game. Do you guys want some odds? <laughs> what are they? Do you want some odds for the fight tomorrow? Um, we'll, we'll bounce. I've got one odd. We'll bounce. We'll bounce through them, mate. Uh, Liam Messam yeah. is a dollar eighteen favourite over James Gavitt. Uh, is yeah. it Gavay or Gavitt? Did we ever, ever, Gavet. Find, Gavet. Did we ever find that out? That's kind of like a um, de Grandholm, de Grandholm. Um Yeah, I mean, what are you thinking, Gibby? I'll take that, Liam. Yeah, Liam. Yeah. All right, let's build a multi. Uh, Carlos Spencer, Paul uh, Fatiura. 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 Uh, well, yep, we'll take Carlos in that one. All right, $1.55. Um, Carlos, yeah. Andre seems like he's got wraps on him. Like yeah. this, this guy has massive... I've seen him fight. He's good, man. Yeah, he's mm. a beast. A dollar eight. I'll take him. Um, yeah, are we up to a dollar fifty yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it helps that I've got a dragon leap to win the Tarzino at sixteens in the multi. <laughs> take that out. A dollar ninety-seven. Um, Jerome Pampalone versus Joshua Francis. Pampalone is dollar fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Tegan, you're worth. I mean, honey, hit him. He smile as a dollar thirty-seven. Like, like Tegan, good on her. But and I don't know anything. There's obviously no exposed form here. But you'd have to assume it's over very quickly. Yeah, honey. Yeah, yeah honey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jay Reeve, a dollar forty-five favorite over Tammy Davis. What's Tammy paying? Tammy's paying two eighty. The draw yeah, is twelve bucks. I, I, I thought he would be twelve dollars at least. Yeah, Jay Reeve for sure. <laughs> and the big, I'm going yeah, to text Tammy okay. today. I'm going to get him up. And I'm going to give him motiv- motivational speech. And the big one. Kivi versus Wairangi. I'm surprised by this, but maybe someone knows something I don't. And I, maybe I've just bought into the hype trainer at the Monty Beetham, Leo Malloy hype trainer, <laughs> Kivi Mihalamu. He is paying a dollar ninety each. It's a pick him. Really? Mm. And I would have thought that by the way that people are talking about Kivi Mihalamu and the stories we've heard that he might, and the way he's prepared for this, like I don't see, I don't see Kevin Mialami hosting crowd goes wild, you know. <laughs> no, but I've never seen Wairangi fight. Have you seen him fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him fight. Yep. Yeah. he's uh, he's yeah. he's been in the ring a couple of times. Uh, I think yeah. I think Kevin gets him on points. I don't think he gets the gets the, uh, that close to Wairangi. He's too fit. All right, there are our okay. selections, and if we tip the card. For seven legs, we're only getting eleven bucks. <laughs> so, so if we tip the card, we're getting eleven dollars. I would go find eleven dollar shot at Sandown or something. Twenty-two minutes past eight o'clock. That was Dean Lonigan talking fight for life. I let you know where you can book it as well. If you missed it, go listen to our podcast. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Paul Ma- Mawadi, speaking of the TAB, will be up after this. And they had a novelty market up. Who's going to be the next coach of the uh, uh, of the All Blacks. Unfortunately, it couldn't actually exist. But we'll ask Paul why after this. We're coming up to 8.30 in Aroha with the news. But right now, let's catch base with our man at the TAB, Paul Moate, tab.co.nz. Paulie and you guys, um, you got some fake markets that we can't actually punt on now, I see. What have we got? What are we looking at? Well, they've stuck up a novelty market for who's going to be the next All Blacks coach or who's going to continue coaching the All Blacks. But we can't actually, we can't actually use it. But they had Ian Foster a eighty favourite. Wow, we does somebody know something, Ira? Mate, you oh, work no, for well. them. You work for them. <laughs> they haven't told me a thing. <laughs> they, they haven't told me a thing. They keep me locked Go away. Ask Jody, <laughs> Jody knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what I do want to talk about? Oh, we've got the All Star Game, MLB All Star Game uh, today. 
and the punters are getting on the American League uh, All-Star side. They're slight outsiders at $1.92. And in the two-hit-a-home-run market, the best-back player there, no real surprises, Aaron Judge at $5.40. He's seen the most action with a wee bit of support too for Shohei Otani at $5.10. Going on, it's uh, Fight for Life tomorrow night. And I'm just having a look at some of the bout there. For Tempe probably doesn't want to listen to this because Liam Messon has been very, very well backed. He's only a dollar eighteen to beat James Gave, uh, and Carlos Spencer is also uh, been very well supported. He's a dollar fifty-five to beat Paul Fatuita. But in the big bout of the night, uh, the early money last uh, late afternoon yesterday was on Kevin Mialamu. And I think Kirsten Beeve had Wairangi Korpu on the run home yesterday. Well, he must have said something very, very convincing because that swung around. The money is now coming for Wairangi Korpu to beat Kevin Mialamu mm. tomorrow night. We can't separate them. They're $1.90 each. But at the moment, punters are saying Wairangi Korpu is the one to get on. Yes. Very interesting, interesting information, Paul. Um, Paulie Mawadi throwing everyone off the, yeah, off the scent. I, I like it. I like it. Oh. Hey, hey, Paul, did you see those stats that your CEO, Mike Todd, pumped out in his email? And there was some somebody's having 500 bits a day. Do you hear it was Daggy? <laughs> <laughs> really? oh, no, nothing will get done on the farm if that was the case. <laughs> Does, da- does Daisy know on the you- farm anyway. Does Daisy know that you bet five hundred times a day? <laughs> no, I am. I'm once a week, and I'm one a week, and it's going to be this sad day in a certain race. Well, we'll hear what we want. What does Kimpy say about just ask me? Nothing. 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 Absolutely. I'll let the boys know. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, you will not. No, you will not. You won't be welcome back here. 29 away from 9. Thank you, Paul. Download thanks, the Paulie. TAB app today. I'm surprised by that Wairangi Korpu money, but mm. um, I don't really know why. I've got no evidence to base it off. So so I guess we'll just follow the lead. There's some good texts here we'll get to after the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand, and we've got Bill Urare, uh, King Kapisi, on the show still today to come. So stay with us. SENZ, 27 minutes away from 9am this morning. Now, just so you know, if you're in the Dunedin region, uh, there's going to be a small outage on our frequency down there between 9 and about midday today. So all you Ian Stockley-Smith fans who have to head to the SENZ app if you want to catch up with the doyen today. Just a small outage while we do some work and try and make sure we can keep beaming to you around the country are uh, some sporting news to get through. Well, the Wellington Phoenix women's side have done a hell of a job. Uh, they've been able to lure back Paige Satchel for the upcoming A-League women's season to offset the loss of Grace Jail. So she is the Football Ferns player and she's very quick, I am told. So that's the good news for the women's Wellington Phoenix. In Ben Stokes' last ever ODI game, they've lost. 
England have lost by 62 runs to South Africa. So Ben Stokes is phoning it in on the ODIs, that one-day format of the game. He wants to concentrate on test cricket. Why wouldn't you when you get to hang out and drink beers with bears? And also T20 cricket because, let's be honest, that's what pays for less work. So um, interesting from Ben Stokes, but they went down uh, 271, chasing 333 that the South Africans set them. Uh, double eight, double three. We've had some great texts throughout the show today. Izzy, we've got one here from Tim the Teacher who scored himself a pillow if you want to get to that one as well. Yeah, my nine-year-old son. Jonty plays for some of the rugby club and loves it. We had our concerns about head injuries, but kudos to the club and coaches for the way they immediately train the boys to tackle properly with a focus on where the head is positioned. As a teacher, I have definitely seen a big drop in rugby player numbers at school level. Safety and the law of other sports, such as basketball, have certainly had an impact. Cheers, and thanks again for the pillow. That is Tim, the teacher. No worries, Tim. But I, I said it off air, boys. I was talking about Ripper Rugby. At the moment, Ripper Rugby, you, you kind of... Is it good? Is it good for our kids? Or is it, is it a bad for our kids? You know, like, at a young age, these kids are, being t- are playing rugby, and then it takes them probably, probably two or three years because they don't fend. They're not allowed to fend. You're not allowed to do, like, a spin... Uh, there's there's certain things you're not allowed to do, which is important for playing rugby. So, yeah, it's, it's, I've got I've got my judge, um, I've got my questions about the game of rugby rugby at the moment. My son is playing it, and, and it's great for, you know, he's out there with his mates. But is it good for them for longevity? Mm, that, that's the question. So, yeah, I don't think so. No, you got. Mm. You know, personally, I don't think so. I think at that that age, like there's there's bugger or collision that goes on anyway, and kids if they're taught properly. Mm. Um, on how to how to grab and hold and and fall to the ground, you know, there's there's nearly or no chance chance of them getting injured like they do at a, at a senior level. So, mate, I I can't remember. Well, I don't know about you, is he? But as a kid, I can't remember ever fear, being and fearful of being injured. You know, like going out there and thinking, oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry today because it's gonna hurt. Mm. I've kind of got an interesting just personal experience just thinking about it. Um, I played football growing up until year nine. And mm. was my sister obviously has plays football at a high level for um, uh, Arizona State University and, and you know junior rep teams and all that sort of thing. And we were right into football. And I stopped playing football in year nine at Rangiora High School because I uh, a couple of reasons, but mostly because all my friends, all my the lads I was getting around with were playing rugby. And I started playing rugby in year 10, so uh, fourth form. And I had terrible shoulder injuries and actually head injuries. I played right through until first 15, took to it pretty quick. Always had played touch rugby, but was small. And I um, I didn't have great tackle technique looking back. Like I used to play fullback and I used to make tackles, but I used to just chop people. And I used to cop a lot of knees to the uh, shoulder in particular. I wasn't great on cheek on cheek and I used to get my head in the wrong place. And in hindsight, it was because I was never taught to tackle properly. Mm. And I think that there was something interesting in that about at that New Zealand rugby presentation about children and actually, and what you're saying is about teaching the right skills rather than being hyper concerned mm. about contact. And and it is like you do have to keep educating all the way through the grades because I'm sure there's people similar to me. I don't know. Does that make sense? That's just a little personal. It does to yeah, me. I was, yeah, I was, I was a bit like you. Louie, I started late. I didn't start playing rugby till I was nine. Uh, my mum wouldn't allow her, her youngest son to play, and, and dad had to 
persuade them. But yeah, I didn't start till late, and defensively was probably my biggest work on. Whereas you, you, you coach these kids at a really young age, they actually pick them up relatively quick. They're quick learners. And when they continuous, continue to do these little skill sets like tackling or passing or, you know, you just interplay between kids, it goes a long way to them, you know, building that, that, that learning curve throughout the, throughout the years. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Obviously, we want to protect our young ones, but you're probably setting them up to fail at a later age, Kempi. Yeah, look, and, and I think the co- the coaching of coaches is what Louis talking about is really important. Like, mm. if you get kids, the first thing you need to talk to them about is to where to put their head in the tackle and take them through that stepped phase yeah. of tackling. It's really around coaching the coaches. Um, <laughs> look, it's it's a really tough one. Um, I, what what people aren't talking about is the maturation of of kids these days and how big they get at a, at an early age. That puts a lot of parents off. You know, so you've got. Man, I've seen I've seen some YouTube stuff of kids that are over 100 kilos playing in under 13 grades. You know what I mean? So oh. that that has to be addressed as well as the size of weight, kids. Weight that, grades, yeah, weight like just grades. address it. Yeah, and you're right, Kimpy, and that's where under 85s we're seeing it for participation. That's been great. Let's work that scale that down back. 100. Uh, one last text. Hi guys, I only discovered your show a few weeks ago. So refreshing to have Sports Talk back again. Uh, great guests and excellent feedback from your panel. Kimpy would love a chat about the WSL sometime, especially at the next event at Tahiti. That's from Reese. Let's do yeah. it. Man, let's hope it bowls in there. It's, it's the swell, uh, the code red two swell has been insane at the moment, Reese. So we will uh, do that indeed. All right, King Capisi talking basketball as a participation in another sport after this on SCNZ. Uh, quarter of away from nine, a couple of more messages coming through. How good is SCNZ? Keep up the good work, fellas. Dagger, you should have stated the land as cheers, Richie. Richie. I'll read that out of good goodwill, but never again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the problem problem with rugby also is broadcasting isn't free to air, and even delayed coverage of AB's matches now. The next day, I can't afford Sky. So, how do I get my kids excited about rugby? That's from Nathan. There's a lot of people out in the rural areas that don't have Sky, mate. You know, mm. so um, yeah, I look, I get that one. Yeah, and I guess. Spark Sports come into the market to be competitive. Um, at the moment, the Rugby World Cup rights I know are under the bidding for them, and I think TV Three. Hey, here's one to watch: Discovery and Warner Bros. Um, they're a big player. TV they now own News Hub and TV Three. So just watch what they do in the sport market over the next few while. Anyway, Izzy, should we crack on to our next guest? Yes, we should, boys. Let's finish the show with a bang. We've been lucky enough to have the great man on the show before to hear his story of sports and culture and this morning it's great to welcome back on the line King Capisi to talk all things basketball including an epic event he's got bubbling away to help continue growing the love for hoops in New Zealand. Morning Cups, how is it brother? Morning brother, how are you bro? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Mate, now we're good, we've had a big morning so far but we're going to finish with a bang mate. Basketball, you've been a lot of work in the Tauhi. Uh, new women's competition, mate. You're pretty happy with the standard? Been pretty impressed? Uh, brother, like with Tiana Clark uh, getting uh, 11 threes, uh, you know, that's <laughs> like a, a record for our Tohi um, League. It just being the MC for the Tokomanawa Queens has been something. I've been involved with uh, basketball for a long time with the Waitakere Rangers and, you know, being able to go back to Wellington and serve my home team as well is just good for me as a Wellingtonian to go back and serve, uh, you know, basketball community around the country. Hey, Caps, we've been talking about it this morning and it's been a conversation on everyone's lips about the 
the kids that are choosing basketball over other sports currently. Do you see that in, in what you do? Because you're out there in the community quite a lot. Have you seen other kids come from other sports and, and migrating to basketball? Yeah, I, I think too, bro, is that uh, just from the other, I've just done a, uh, you know, a, a song for, you know, Auckland Rugby League, as you know. Um, but the, I think the one thing that, that is, is different about basketball is it's really non-contacting. You're not going to get a head injury potentially, you know, from when you're playing. And it's a lot more safer than rugby or rugby league. Um, but the other thing, too, is because we've got such a high sort of, um, uh, you know, sort of NBA game being seen consistently and kids want to be Steph Curry, kids want to be LeBron, I think that the difference is that now these days, is that there is a pathway to the NBA with guys like, you know, our own Stephen Adams to, uh, you know, the NBA. And, um, you know, I, me as a parent, I mean, if I had a choice to, to say, you know, go play rugby league or play basketball, um, basketball, as you guys know, is the, you know, the biggest growing sport in the whole of Aotearoa. So um, it's, you know, it's it's exciting. It's still, you know, it's, it's brand new. It's not brand new, brand new, but, you know, there are cool things happening within the basketball space within our community. Talking of the community, mate, you've been an influential figure for a very long time in the community. So what have you got going on uh, in the community that you can lead us into? So so my brother is like, for me, I've always been like on the buzz where basketball stopped me doing stupid stuff. So, you know, um, I started playing basketball in Island Bay School at eight and 40 years later, I'm still playing basketball and I'm still serving basketball. But the one thing for me was that if we can stop kids doing silly stuff or going to, you know, uh, you know, just uh, just get lost, it's been a pathway for me to be able to make sure that um, that I was busy, I kept fit, and um, and I'm still active. I think that's one of the main things. And with our kids out there these days, is they get bored. And so how do we stop our kids from being bored? We organize events that... Um, that, you know, like I have a Hoops and Life 4 on 4, uh, August the 13th uh, at Trust Arena. But around basketball, I've actually added all the other stuff that I'm good at. I'm, I'm a hip-hop artist, so I've added DJing, uh, you know, uh, uh, rapping competitions, uh, crumping competitions, whacking competitions. Whacking is a, another style of dance. And then uh, we've actually added in sneakers. Um, and then uh, we've added in uh, NBA 2K Gaming with Xbox. So, you know, being able to put in an event stuff that we know that our kids actually like, I'm always about uh, our kids clicking. And what I mean by clicking mm. is that if you have the chance to be able to see something right in front of your face, if they turn around to mum and dad and go, mum and dad, I'd like to dunk the ball or I'd like to shoot threes or I'd like to spin on my head like I used to when I used to break dance back in the day, that is a, is a win for our community because it gives them a, a choice to be able to see something that they want to do, but they're actually passionate about it. And if they're passionate about it for their whole lives, then that's a win for our community because it stops them from doing stuff, um, you know, silly stuff. So that's why I've organized this event in, uh, at Trust Arena August the 13th on a Saturday for our people. But, you know, um, I'm, the difference what I'm doing too, brothers, is that we're looking at... Uh, Christchurch Council is looking at taking this event on and being the biggest rangatahi event in Christchurch. I'm lining up Porirua and um, with the Porirua Council and Hastings and uh, Napier are coming on board as well. So this will be a rolling event through the whole of the of the country, the whole of the Motu. So it's good for our, you know, all of our kids, and it's 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 not just for the kids. It's for adults as well that play basketball as well. It's it's inclusive. It's not about being elite. 
It's about being a part of, or a person that loves something to do with basketball. Uh, we've got clothing, we've got you know basketball equipment, we've got all types of stuff there. But just if you like basketball just a little bit, and if you play just a little bit, it's for everyone. It's not just for elite players that play all the time. That sounds so awesome, um, Caps. You know, mate, you're really good with the community. You've got sneaker creatures, with shoes, obviously. Um, you've got four on four. There's all sorts of stuff, disability hoops, wheelchair expo game, dunk competitions, along with your three-point competitions. Um, mate, we just want to say well done. We, we'll give it as much promotion as we can here on Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. Thanks for coming on with us this morning, brother, and uh, we'll catch Thank up you, soon. Brothers. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Cheers, Bill. There you awesome. go. Caps and and there's a guy who is actively working in our community to find other outlets. Look, if it's not for rug, if if it if rugby's not for a kid, well, there's um, someone who's actively trying to keep um, kids mm. out there. Is he in ex- doing exercise, and so we don't lose them to sport in in general. I wanna uh, yeah, like, I'd love to, maybe we get Hugh on again. We'll get someone from basketball New Zealand on just to really talk about the what they're doing in the community, like people like Bill. That what are they doing to, you know, because if we're talking numbers, the game in basketball is growing. So what can New Zealand Rugby or New Zealand Rugby League learn from these other industries to potentially take some, uh, you know, some ideas from them to get back in the community? Because they're doing it right at the moment. It's yeah, a- and Bill's, done, Bill's been doing these programs for a long time, mate. So it's not necessarily, you know, he had an Elevate program that was before this um, Hoops, yeah. Hoops program. So... Mate, they've just grabbed hold of him, what he already had, and it's just starting to really grow. Yeah, love it. Awesome to catch up with King Capisi there. Uh, you can go see him on his socials if you want more details on that stuff, King Capisi. Uh, Kevin says, Louis, treat Depayne to race for Avondale. Well, Kevin, you've been running hot lately, so look, I couldn't work out why you've tipped it, but I might have to have a little cheeky place bet. And I like Balladora in the last, mate, so I'll trade one for you. Balladora in the last for me at Avondale. Smithy, the Doyen, just noted that down. Of course he did, because it's a Wednesday and he's hungry for a punt. We'll catch up with him after this. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.